KFI AM 640 on a Saturday morning. And uh, as always, uh, an hour full of fun phone calls. Uh, you, all you have to do is dial 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Right after this hour, right after this show, it's Leo Laporte, 11 to 2. And uh, then it's Neil Saavedra with a fork report, 2 to 5. Mo Kelly from 6 to 8. Monique Marvez, 8 to 10. And The Dark Secret Place with Brian Suits, who is also heard uh, tomorrow at his new time, an additional two hours from 8 to 10 o'clock. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Uh, a fun story, if you will, except for the family involved here out of Oklahoma, Uh there is a woman by the name of Shana Lauren Sims who uh, was uh, really upset about this uh, woman, Tabitha Lynch, uh, because she thought, that is Sims, she thought that her husband had cheated on her with Lynch. Now, okay, big deal. But here is uh, the problem, and that is uh, Lynch... Shana Lauren, uh, excuse me, Tabitha Lynch died at the age of 38. And so there she is in the funeral home. And instead of uh, Shana Lauren Sims just being happy that the person that she thought was having an affair with her husband, just being happy the woman's dead. It's over. Thank you. Oh, no. Let's go a little further with that one. So. She goes to the funeral home where Tabitha Lynch is uh, sitting there, or actually lying there because she's completely dead. And uh, what Sims does is cut off Lynch's breasts, cuts off a toe, cuts uh, locks of her hair off, and then slashes her uh, forehead. And by the way, stole her shoes, too. And funeral home staffers didn't even realize that the body parts were missing until they went to prepare the body for cremation. And uh, her estranged husband, uh, that is Sims' now estranged husband because uh, his wife is completely dead, said, I didn't even know she'd be capable of that. And prosecutors argued that what Sims wanted was retribution because of the supposed affair, which, uh, by the way, he has denied And authorities described them as frenemies, that uh, both women knew each other. And family members said they saw her with her hands inside the casket at the funeral home. And the funeral director said that her body was in a viewing room when some friends and family came to pay pay their respects. And there was Sims there. And they found her with her hands inside the casket. And hair was found on the floor. And uh, Lynch's makeup was smeared on her face. So she was charged with burglary, that's Sims, because she went to Lynch's apartment afterwards and posed as a funeral home worker to Lynch's family. So on top of all that, she could steal the woman's jewelry. That is one upset woman. And now uh, she also was found guilty of five charges relating to mutilating a corpse. Uh, which you can't do. Her argument was that uh, Sims looked a lot better without her breasts and with her forehead cut because she was so ugly. Uh, No, they didn't buy that. All right, let's go ahead and take some phone calls. All right, uh, Akil or Akil. Hello, Akil. 
Yes. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Yes. Yes. I live in a senior complex, and some of them are funded by the government. Uh, They gave me a letter. I signed a letter to uh, tell them when somebody's spending the night. We have 14 days for a person to spend the night. I write a letter to the housing telling them I had somebody spend the night. I I write a letter to... uh, the management here where I live saying that I, I have somebody spending the night. But what I want to know is and if I have a case because I'm the only one that gets one. Uh, how do you know you're the only one that gets one? And by the way, what are they, I, I sort of missed the beginning of that. What is it that you get? Okay. My apartment is funded by housing. Okay. And, 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 what, do you, and what do you get? Oh, I get, I get a discount on my rent. No, 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 no. You say you have to file with uh, the complex. You have to file with the government. You have to file with all of that because I got something. Is it a document that says you must yeah, do this? It's just, a, it's, just a written, it's just a written statement saying that I'll have somebody spend the night. Okay, and, you, and, who says that, the night. And, and who says you have to file it with all of those entities? Uh, the Section 8 housing. Okay, they make you do that. And you're saying there are other people in the Section 8 housing that don't get that, correct? Right. And how do you know that? Because they they haven't sent out a letter. They normally send out a letter to everybody about everything that's going on. And the ones that are on, she hasn't sent out a letter to anybody. They don't, they don't call people in individually. They just send out a letter. And they're not doing that with anybody else other than you? Right. Well, it's time to uh, complain up the uh, up the ladder, the Section Eight housing, because that's all controlled. Keep in mind, this is all government controlled. Right. So you just simply have to find who regulates and just start writing emails and saying, "Hey, uh, I'm the only one that's getting. It's only about me. The letters are going, and that's clearly in violation of policy. It may even be in violation of law, for all I know." Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, get that email going up up the ladder. All right, Akil. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Hello? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. What can I do? My van got hit back in October by a drunk driver and slammed my van into a second car. Yes. And basically, I'm trying to find out why the insurance company have not settled my claim. And it happened back in October. Well, I mean, they don't have it because the insurance company sometimes doesn't settle the claim. Are they have they offered you any money or they're just sitting there? They're just sitting there. All right, then here's what, Akil, you're talking about the, you're talking about the guy who rear-ended you. His insurance company is not settling the claim, right? Yes. Yeah, you have, how much, uh, were you injured? No, I was not in the van. Okay, so how much uh, money are the damages to fix the car or fix the van? It's it's totaled out, the most I might get on the van, maybe between twelve to fifteen hundred. It's the Astro van. It's uh, just twelve to fifteen hundred dollars, and all you do is sue the guy behind you. That's all you can do. Okay. Just take him to small claims court, and uh, he's either going to turn it over to an insurance company. I tell you, if an insurance company won't even make an offer, uh, then the insured, and that means him, the guy who hit you, has a real interesting case for bad faith. Because he's paying for an insurance company to do X, Y, and Z, and they're saying, we don't want to do it. Okay. Yeah, so uh, just sue the driver and just start. At that point, they'll start talking to you. I guarantee it. Because they're not interested in dealing with their insured, who is going to ask the question, excuse me, you're just ignoring this? Then what are you taking my money for? 
Well, because that's what we do. We take your money and we ignore the claims. That's why we're an insurance company. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 630, more stimulating talk. This is Handle on the Law. Uh, Ezekiel, welcome to Handle on the Law. All right, Bill. Uh, good to talk to you. Um, yes, it is. Met, met, met a woman and uh, got in a relationship. And I'll um, try to make this short and sweet. Uh, we lived together at, at my place in a different city for a while. And she bought a house after she got a settlement from her divorce. And uh, uh, it's been, we've been together probably 10 years, and uh, uh, 90% of everything that's in the house uh, that we live in uh, uh, is mine. 90% of everything that's ever been fixed on her house and her mother's house. Her mother went into assisted living. Uh, the house, her mother's house is being sold. And uh, her brother moved in, which is really just kind of dysfunctional and like Asperger's kind of a thing. And it it caused a problem between me and her. And now I have got a notice from her that I need to move out in 30 days. Okay. All right. First of all, it's uh, the house is in her name, correct? Yep. Okay. So she can kick you out, Ezekiel. I mean, that's a given. It's her house. However, let's talk about what you have done over the last 10 years in terms Watch. of uh, bringing the value of the house up. Mm-hmm. If if the value of the house has increased uh, or it has stayed the same. I mean, there's a bunch of arguments you can make. Uh, but that's worth a lawsuit for money, Ezekiel. And you're not going to do it based on a contract. You're going to do it based on something called uh, quantum merit, which means it's, a, it's an equity issue. It means I deserve because I did this, even though there is no formal uh, agreement it's it's unfair for her to get all the benefit of what i've done that it cost me in time and money and i get none of it it's an equity issue and so uh, you're going to have to you're going to have to hire a lawyer ezekiel how much money are we talking about that the house is was worth when she bought it and what you put into it and the mom's house and all of that how much is all of that well mom mom's house is uh, evidently an escrow now and it's probably about Almost five hundred thousand dollars. And how much you think? Uh, it, how much? It, did you, how much the, did you put in? And and it, oh, wow, um, tens of thousands. Okay, of dollars here's why. Here's more, why, yeah. Here's why you need a lawyer. You're going to have the first thing you have to do is put a list pendants on the house, tie it up. And uh, but it has to be. This is why a lawyer has I, to do I it. Put a put a what on it? It's called a list pendants. It basically mm-hmm. says, "I get a piece of this house. You can't sell it." Effectively stops the sale of anything. Now, you have to be a little careful uh-huh. about, yeah, wait a minute, don't give me an aha. You have to be a little careful about this because if it is right. not a legitimate list pendants, if you're just doing this to screw everything up, you've bought the farm. That's why you need a lawyer. Now, the the one that's a stronger uh, argument is the girlfriend's house. 
I don't think you can ever force her to sell the house, but you can actually put a lien against the house based on what you've done. And again, you ask for that uh, in court based on equity. So it's it's a little complicated, Ezekiel. Don't you wish you were gay? Wouldn't that be easier if you had a boyfriend instead of this crap? <laughs> and why'd she th- and why'd she throw you out? I mean, what did you do that uh, she decides she's going to end it and give you the uh, the heave ho? Oh wow! Um, uh, she's had some um, uh, medical things, and then she got an accident recently, and it it kind of screwed up nerves oh, and her all right, side and, and her head, and her she's not thinking. All right, correctly okay, and, all right. So she went. I'm, I've got it. She went. Nuts. And then I talked to her family to try to sort things out. And then the family came back to her and said, you know, what's going on? Hey, where and are so you? Says, okay, where are you sleeping? Physically, in another bedroom? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to make her life miserable? Okay. All right. Answer the complaint. Force her to take you to court to throw you out. going to take months. Talk to your lawyer. Right. Find a lawyer. Go to handleonthelaw.com. You want a lawyer. You want a real estate lawyer that can make her life miserable. I'd make her miserable. If uh, my wife ever did that to me. Well, first of all, I, I'm smart enough to put my uh, my name on it. And this, these are people who go, uh, my wife threw me out. Is it uh, both your houses in your name? Well, yes. Then just say no. Say no, thank you. I own this house. You can't throw me out. Well, I want you out of the bed. No, I want you out of the bed. Well, I'm sleeping in that bed. Well, uh, then someone's got to give. See, whoever insists on sleeping in the bed, the other person is probably going to leave. Because it gets real simple. You know, you own, you own. And much like in this case, he doesn't own the house because he put in all the money in the house. And like a schmuck, he didn't put his name in it or have some kind of a written agreement. I don't trust anybody. All right. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, Jeff, what can I do for you? Hello, Jeff. Hey, Bill. Yes. Uh, yes, I am calling because I uh, am in a divorce case with my ex-wife. She, ha- I have 50-50 custody with the children, Um as soon as I moved my children into my house, she filed for a domestic violence order against me with the children. How old are your kids? Um, they're three and five. Oh, all right. So she, first of all, is there any, just because she filed, is there any proof to this? There's no proof. All right. So what has happened since? So she complains to you. Who did she file it? Did she go to court? Did she call the police? What did she do? No, she filed it with the court through her paralegal. All right. And now what? Um, well, supposedly we had fixed the issue, and she, her, the paperwork was filed to take this away because it's bogus. And wait a second, the, the paper wait, 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 the paperwork was filed, taken away. Was there a dis, was there a dismissal that was filed? Supposedly, ah, and you didn't get a copy of it. You, she just told you there was a dismissal. 
affirmative. Okay, so let's go through how many kinds of idiot are you? I, I've already gone to two. Very. Very much. I've already hit two, and you probably can add a few. All right, so yes. it was not dismissed, and let me guess. You didn't show up because you thought it was dismissed. Yes, sir. All right, so now what had the court gave her the uh, custody? Yes, sir. You get your no you, yeah, you get your ass back into court immediately. And how? You go you go to a lawyer and you'll have you'll ask for an emergency hearing based on her fraud and her okay. accusation and you go in front of a judge and say this is what happened. Now, I'm assuming there is no proof that she said she was uh removing the accusation, correct? It's just your word. Uh, of course not. Her paralegal told me that she had filed that the paralegal had filed. Okay, the par- and the well paralegal said that. You subpoena the paralegal. Okay. You bring the paralegal in. Will the, par- will the paralegal say to the court, "Yes, uh, I did that. To- I did say that to Jeff." Probably not. Okay, so now you have to simply it's a say, of hers. "Oh well, yeah." Then she's not going to say it. And you say it has. People lie like crazy, Jeff, in front of the judge. Yes, sir. So he's the judge. It's a, is it a, it's a he or a she? I don't know. The judge have has heard this over and over and over again. So you get your butt in there and you say, not only was there no proof, it was simply an allegation. And judges don't like just allegations. Yes. By you not showing up, there was nothing to refute what she said. So uh, the judge didn't have anything that didn't prove her point. So the judge went ahead and granted. So now you have to come in and call her a fraud who has committed fraud, a liar, and just go through it. And and the lawyer, you're going to need a lawyer to do this. I mean, you're going to need one. But you should go in. Monday morning, uh, you should go in and just nail it. File first thing Monday. Go see a lawyer and have an emergency hearing uh, held, and they'll give it to you. All right? Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Good luck. God, that did. Don't you love divorces? People, divorce attorneys, and I know divorce attorneys, and they charge what people think are astronomical amounts of money, five, $600 an hour. They deserve every bit of it. They're underpaid. These are people that are, they become vipers, these couples. I mean, they're nice, normal people. You throw them in this situation, and they become Adolf Hitler. I mean, they, if they could, they would kill the other spouse, given the opportunity. Which is what I've, I've always said. Don't divorce, kill. It's worth spending two, three, four years in jail than going through this kind of crap. So you, you kill her, and then you make sure that you have a family member or a friend that can take care of the kids for you know, a couple of three, four years, because if you do it right, you, you know, it's pa- crime of passion. You ask your best friend to jump in the bed with her, and then you come barreling in. You go, oh, my God, oh, my God, and you shoot her. And, uh, I, Your Honor, I tried to shoot both of them, but I missed. I only shot her. So you do your time in jail. Uh, your kids come and visit, and you're done. You're done with her. Sue. Hello. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? I had a slip and fall. Oh, congratulations. A big gash on my shin. Uh Uh-huh. now a scar. I've documented everything. Their insurance company has been in constant contact with me. I need to know how I can somehow get my damages to me from the insurance company. They're giving me a difficult time. Oh, of course they are. That's their job. First of all, what did you... Have they already accepted liability that it's their fault? No, but they've been in constant contact. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Uh, the fact they have or haven't sort of doesn't matter. What did you slip on? Well, it was the shampoo aisle. Yeah. 
and I took pictures. It was some sort of clear. I don't know if it was part of a shampoo. I don't know. We took pictures. They took pictures. Okay, so you can see there is a substance on the floor. Yes. Okay, good. All right, so that helps your case. So they're not going to turn around and say, no, it didn't happen. So that part is is done. The liability is probably finished. Now let's talk about your damages. Gash on your leg. Shin. How, shin. Which is now a scar. All right, how long, uh, how long a gash? How disgusting a scar? A quarter inch. Oh. It's pink. It's- oh. Yeah, but that that's going to disappear. So that goes. Uh, well, what that, they had said to me that Bill, goes away. Was they, yeah, they wanted me to wait six months. Yeah, it's been over six months. Yeah, so I, I want to now say. Well, hey. yeah, no, I get it. So you're. I mean, you here's here's your choice. If they won't settle with you, or they give you too much money, you sue. You sue. Okay. They're liable. Now the point is, what are you going to sue for? What are your damages? What do you think? Let me go the other way. What do you think it's worth, Sue? Well, I don't know. My, I had a perfectly fine shin. I, I understand. How, what do you think that's worth? I don't know. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. How about I this? Had, Not I, a lot. Okay, what, go ahead. I had pain and suffering. Of course you did. We but... had a previously scheduled vacation that I missed out on enjoyment of. I couldn't enjoy the beach. Uh, Sue, Sue, nobody cares. That oh, one. On. I'm telling you, no one <laughs> gives a damn. I couldn't enjoy the pool. I couldn't enjoy. Yeah, fine. You know, tell that to a jury. You know what a jury or a judge is going to say? Hey, man, I. You know what? I've been on vacations that suck too. <laughs> right? And uh, and I didn't get any money for it. So all of that is. Uh, I mean, it's a good argument you make. I mean, it's really good. Have they offered any money at all? Well, they started off with five hundred. I said, "Is that over? And that's over and above the medical costs." Uh, I have Kaiser, so I have a copay of twenty bucks. Okay. Okay. Then they came back with a thousand, and I sort of said to them, "You're about ten too shy." Ten thousand. Well, you're not going to get ten thousand dollars. Okay. So. What am I? What should I sue for, Bill? Uh, well, you sue for ten thousand dollars. Got it. Uh, and you, go, if you go to small claims court, so that becomes easy. And there you talk about having a miserable time and ruining your vacation. And look at my shin, and I have a scar, and. I'll never have sex again because my <laughs> husband... Uh, you married, Sue? I am. Okay, because my husband looks at the scar and says, oh, my God, uh, you're ugly, and look at that. I mean, you can throw any argument you want in there. If they're willing to give you $1,000, uh, just here's the problem you're going to have. So they offer 1000 You come back and re- and reasonably... Uh, well, let's say you say ten. Have they countered? I We're not there yet. All right, see what they counter with. It's uh, You'll be lucky to get two or $3,000. Lucky. Okay. But that's, you know, that doesn't mean that uh, they're not going to hand you money. I've heard of cases, it depends on the, it depends on the adjuster. Okay. It really depends the mood the adjuster is in. And how, uh, and here's something legitimate. How, uh, how attractive are you? Very. Oh, please. See, Come on, okay. So if you're very attractive, that hurts because then people don't look at your shin. They look at you. Ah. See, if you're incredibly ugly, well, that also, because they look at you because it's so interesting. Sue, a, a quarter-inch scar on your shin means nothing. Think about this. You cover it up with a just a touch of makeup, and you're done. Okay, Bill. If I'm the, that's what I'm going to tell you if I'm the adjuster. So if they've already offered you a thousand dollars, boy, so keep on going. Don't don't okay. pss, don't sp- don't stop. Okay. But if you think you're, if you're getting ten thousand uh, dollars, if I have a slip and fall, I'm going to you for legal advice. <laughs> okay, all right. Enjoy. She's probably not nearly as good looking as she says she is. This is handle on the law. So- 
Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk you'll handle on a Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Manouk, do I have that right? Yes. Manouk, oh, that's a great name. Manouk, uh, where are, you, are you like an Eskimo? No, I'm Armenian. Oh, you're Indian, as in... No, uh, no, no, no. Ar- Armenian, Armenian. Armenian. Manouk? Yeah, I guess so. That works. Yeah. All right, fair enough. What, what can okay. I do for you, Manouk? I'm a long-time listener. I have a question for you. Uh, on Friday, I got pulled over in Corona, and... Uh, Police did all this uh, uh, roadside uh, gymnastics and everything. And on the end, he started to get pretty frustrated. He could not catch anything on me. Then he said, you know what, although I know that you're not a drunk, but I still think you're on narcotics. And he took me to the station and booked me and uh, arrested me and everything. My question is, can they do that? Uh, Of course they can. They did it. Uh, should they do it? No. If you had a, for example, if he was wearing a body cam and you got it, you'd have him nailed, Manuk. But here is what's going to happen. You're going to describe exactly what happened as you told me. I guarantee you the cop is going to say your eyes were glazed. Uh, you looked like you were high. Uh, the way you walked, the way you talked, you had, you furtively looked at it. That's what the comp is going to say, Manuk. Will they drop the charges? Of course they will. Uh, they're never going to go forward. So uh, you're going to see the charges dropped. You're going to ple- if you go to court, you're going to plead not guilty, and uh, the comp is going to say, "Well, that's what he looked like." Oh, Your Honor, I wasn't, and explain under what situation uh, the stop was, and uh, that's uh, the problem. That's why virtually everything when a, a police officer stops someone should be videoed. Oh. Because it, uh, in, in this case, you win, and in their cases where uh, the cop, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, the cops, uh, the, the video is great. It proves everything the cop said. Oh. So, uh, yeah, uh, so can they do it? Of course they can. Should they? No. Uh, did he do it uh, legally? No, but there's no way to prove it. There is no way to prove it. Yeah, so you're unfortunately you're screwed. Yeah, <sighs> that's no good. Do a lot of sucking up to police officers, that's for sure. Wow. Uh, hey, James, welcome to Handle on the yeah. Law. Yeah, hi. Yes. Bill, uh, I got a question for you. Yes. I was on my motorcycle in an intersection in Newport Beach on November 30th, and this truck was trying to get in the lane because he couldn't get in, into the lane. It was too many cars. And I was going around, I was at a red light, and then it went green. So I was going around him, and he decided he wanted to get in the other lane. <laughs> anyway, before I hit him, I went down. And the uh, police officers that showed up, uh, I looked around. There was witnesses everywhere, and uh, the traffic stopped, and I was like, oh, this is good. And uh, as I'm sitting there, I gave him all my information, and, and we get the bike out of there. And I'm like, oh, this will be good. When I get the police report, It'll everything will be in there. Well, I got a, an attorney, and he said, I'll get the police report a few weeks later in December. And I got the police report, and there was nothing in it. <laughs> and I was like, and that, yeah, James, that doesn't yeah. matter if you have witnesses. But, there, but now here's the thing. I said there's no witnesses on the, on the police report. Did you get a statement of witnesses? Did you get their names? 
No, I did not. Okay, so but, you're but so people, you were seeing the cops get names of people. Yes. And oh, wow. Said, so what, so yeah. when I called the called the officer on and I said, well, "How come there's no there's nothing in it?" He says, "Well, the office, the uh, witness that was there, you wouldn't want him as a witness anyway because he said it was your fault and you were speeding through that." I said, uh, no idea if that's true or not, uh, and it could be, yeah. it could not be. So, what's your question, James? The question is, I, I, the lawyer I talked to says, I, I, "There's nothing else I can do because there's no witnesses and there's no video." Yeah, probably true. Witnesses, so go- you have to you have to go out and get witness. See, I, I don't trust but- cops to do police reports because a cop can very well say it's my fault, right? And right. it's not. So the cop wasn't there, James. I understand that, and so, but there, there's no somebody has that those. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you're stuck. I'll tell you, you're stuck. Have you been? Were you hurt pretty badly? Yeah, I broke my uh, fibula. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I think you're basically screwed. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to uh, sue the police department. And uh, you're you're done. Yeah, it's done. You're stuck. Uh, And and the lawyer's probably right. You just got caught in the wrong time, wrong place, wrong police, wrong police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, The perfect storm. Wow. There's a, uh, you know, there is a silver lining. There's always a silver lining. Didn't happen to me. This is Handle on the Law. Another day, another dollar, uh, whatever the hell that how that phrase goes. All right. Uh, oh, uh, today, uh, just a couple of reminders. Uh, first of all, at 11 o'clock, from 11 to 3 today, the System Pavers and Reborn Cabinets Home Style and Resource Expo. There'll be a whole lot there. It's at the sister pays, uh, System Pavers Design Center in Santa Ana, 11 to 3. I'll be there. I'd uh, love to uh, say hello, stop by, and I'll be more than happy to totally abuse you. And then next Saturday is Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 lawyers uh, giving you advice, real legal advice, and it's all free. That's uh, starting at 9 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. So it's a busy couple of weeks. Of course, I'll be there both today uh, in Santa Ana at System Pavers and next week, of course, at uh, the Bowers Museum for Law Day. All right, phone numbers. Always the top of the hour, best time to call, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. And yes, there are lines open. And yes, most of the time when you try calling in the middle of the show, you're going to wait for a while. So lines are open. Occasionally we uh, have lines open in the middle of the show, and I go, hey, lines are open. But to make uh, absolutely sure that you get through, it's uh, top of the hour. Okay, so far one. Oh, I'll see the other thing. When f- very rarely, but I really like it, uh, when the lines are truly open, uh, you get to listen to Jerry Lewis sing You'll Never Walk Alone, taken directly from his telethons, usually at the end of the 24-hour telethon, so he's just before he collapses. It's very exciting. All right, we got all that out of the way. Phone numbers, announcements of today and next week. Uh, yeah, pretty much. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I, Bill Handle, tell you whatever your name is, you have absolutely no case.
which is always exciting for me. Fair enough. All right. I, I, do you know the story of Mount Everest, how it works? Uh, first of all, you get to train to die. Uh, that's for one thing. You get to practice dying, and that's always very exciting because it's kind of rough up there. Also, it costs you big, big bucks. The average is about $65,000 for a climber to go to Mount Everest. First of all, it's for the equipment. Second of all, it's for the Sherpas, the guides up there, because you can't do it by yourself. And but and, and the food, uh, but that includes uh, wine and snacks uh, and tea time at the, you know, at the sort of midday. And it also include, includes the permit fees, which run in the tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, Nepal, where Mount Everest is, uh, makes about four and a half million dollars a year. From permit fees alone. Forget about the hotel, the taxes they charge for everybody staying there. Not the hotel at the top of Everest, although that would be kind of neat. You know, you have base camps, uh, which are set up, uh, and Nepal makes money out of those. And then uh, the Kathmandu business and all that. So it's it's a good buck. So there is uh, a guy by the name of uh, Ryan Sean Davey, who is um, he's South African. And he did everything, did the training, bought the equipment, et cetera, didn't pay the permit fees because he said he didn't have the money and he admitted he was sneaking onto Mount Everest. That's like sneaking aboard uh, a subway. You know, you jump the turnstile, you sneak aboard, and then all of a sudden the subway police show up and here uh, sneaking aboard or climbing Mount Everest, um, the... Everest police show up, park rangers, and they nail him. He said, uh, I was ashamed I couldn't afford the permit after all the help, preparation, and what everybody had done for me during my training, so I took the chance and spent the little money I had on gear to climb and to practice on the surrounding peaks. Mm -hmm. He says once he was arrested, he was treated like a murderer. He's lucky he wasn't shot like a murderer. This is Nepal, for God's sake. So the takeaway here, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, pay the damn permit fees, please. Okay. Minnie, let's start with you. Hi, Minnie. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi. I have a question. Um, I've had a lot of friends tell me, you know, find out, you know, there's a statute of limitation on the surgery. I had back surgery back in 2003. Doctor explained. Goodbye. Huh? Goodbye. Back in 2003. I don't care what happened back in 2003. I have a statute. Yep. You're done. But a pleasure talking to you. Hi, Maria. Oh, um, hi, Bill. Yes. Um, we bought some furniture from a furniture store, a nationwide furniture store, less than a year ago. And we were told by the sales lady that uh, we should purchase the warranty for the furniture protection because it covered everything. We could stick a knife in the couch, basically, is what she said. And um, they would cover anything. So, unfortunately, we left our cat in the house overnight without his litter box when we went away. And he peed on one couch, and he tore up, like with his claws, the um, the other couch. Yeah. So we called the warranty company, and they said, oh, we don't cover cat scratches, and we don't cover anything below the cushions. And so I called um, the furniture store, and they said, um, oh, we've never heard of that. So for the last, like, month, they've been trying to get a hold of them to ask them why they're not covering it. So I want to know 
what I do. And and we got we didn't get any information on the exclusion. Okay, l- this one's a real simple one, Maria. Okay. Read read the warranty. If you were given a copy of the warranty, were you? We weren't. We were only given a two-page photocopied um, information from the store, which I still have. And there, and, and, it on, and on it, it said, did, did it say there's a warranty of X amount of time? No, it's a five-year warranty. Oh, no, it, it is a five-year warranty. Yeah, it says it five year, wait a second. And it says five-year warranty yeah. on the document. It's a, it's a, it's a uh, furniture protection plan. I'm Got sorry, it. I All right. Know. All right. Have you read the furniture protection plan? The one from the store, yes. Okay, and what then, does it say? What does it say? Because that's going to control here. It says everything is covered, basically. It has all these little check marks onto what is covered. Okay, there and what no is it? Exclusions. And when you and all the check marks, uh, what does it cover? And our cat uh, scratchings <laughs> included? It says cuts, rips, uh, odors. It says all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, the warranty are the... Uh, the protection company told me to go on their website and look at all the exclusions. And the exclusions do list that odors are not covered okay. and that marks by pets are not covered. Well, there we you go. Have, then you're we done. Have that information. Then you're done. Oh, how about this one? Uh, someone comes in and burns the place, lights a campfire under your couch, and it burns down. Gee, uh, they don't have that. I know, but why wouldn't the store give us? I thought I would have something with the store. But wait a second. Think of this logically. Maria, think of this logically. Uh, Cat tearing up your cat, tearing up that couch should be covered? Yes. Why? Because we bought the protection plan. The the protection plan doesn't include, if, if it excludes specifically, that's even worse for you. Okay, but why would we have bought the plan if we knew that things weren't covered? Well, because is it covered for arson? Is it covered for someone sitting, putting an explosive under the couch? Gee, why would we have bought that if we knew that wasn't covered? How about a kid, one of your kids, deciding they're going to take a bucket of, of, well, let's say bleach and pouring it on top of it, on top of the couch, and, of course, destroying the material? Gee, that should be covered because it covers everything. Maria, do you understand what you're saying? It no matter yeah. what, it should be covered. That's how can a cat going. destroying your how can a cat destroying your couch be covered? I don't know. I don't either. Okay. Okay, you. nice talking to you. It's been a pleasure. I mean, there is a sense of reasonableness have to be thrown in also. Right? Yeah, it's just crazy how about someone how about someone in your house shooting off a gun and a bullet goes through the couch i'm just throwing an example out there should that be covered well yeah because everything is covered this is handle on the law bill handle here on a uh, saturday may the 13th all right, uh, phone numbers for the legal show here, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534, if you would like to call in. And the rules are that if you're incredibly boring, uh, no, it's you're going to have a hard time getting on. If you're incredibly stupid, chances are you're coming on. If you happen to be unintelligible, good sign. If you happen to have some incredible handicap, 
Uh, even better sign uh, if you happen to be not real smart, even better. But not stupid in the sense, stupid questions more than, uh, never mind. I'm just coming up with the rules. Eight hundred As I go along, incidentally, uh, 800-5201-KFI, 800-5201-534. Okay, uh, Mary, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Mary. Hi. <clears throat> Thank God you didn't say anything about having a big heart. I oh, yeah, that's out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> My neighbor next door had her son, her four-year-old, taken away because of the gang injunction raid. And her because of the change, what, I miss that. Because of what? They did a gang injunction on my property because we. Oh, lived a in, gang you know. injunction. Do I have that right? right? Got it. Yes, yes. And so they took the child away, even though she's not in a gang. The kid isn't in a gang, and the person who used her address doesn't even live there. But because she was considered a gang member, they felt they had the right to take this child away. They tested her for drugs, alcohol, mental health. She was fine. And yet, they expect her to take parenting classes. He's been away from his family for over a month. And his, you know, the grandmother's having heart palpitations. The grandfather, who is, you know, like a father figure for the son, you know, for this child, he's had heart problems. He won't even come out of the house. He's so depressed. And this is a child that used to be so happy, and he's depressed now. And this is just one. Well, wait a sec. If the child's been taken away, Mary, how do you know the child is depressed? Because I see him come by to see his mother to visit. You know, hello, goodbye. All right, so she has, so she has visitation. Okay. Yes. However, it's traumatizing. For yeah, no, I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. And I want to do for Mother's Day, not just on behalf of my neighbor, but on behalf of my friends and and people I don't know who say that they lie. Because they yeah, they do. Sometimes they do. It's uh, sometimes they do. I mean, I have someone very close not to me that. Always. Not no, always. not always. And, and, and they now they I tend to err on the side of caution. Although, right. yeah, it Couldn't sounds. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. You know what? We can't both talk at the same time. Sometimes okay. they err on the side of caution, and sometimes they go way too far. And based on what you said, it looks like they went too far. So, what is your question, Mary? Do you think that if I were to do a class action suit, it would be more? You know, it would help to. I feel the. Some of the yeah, Mary, Mary, you don't have standing. Who? You don't have standing. Who are you? It's not your child that was taken away. Well, I didn't. I was kicked out of the court when I tried to get. No kidding. Right. Of course you were, because you have nothing to do with this. No, no. I, for a different case, I was the foster mother. And I am a relative of children that were taken away, and they won't even let me visit. You were. I mean, at one point, you at one point you were a foster mother. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And the other thing is at one point, and, and it, pardon? For the same children that were taken away, you, I have no standing. Okay, was, so children were taken away from you is what you're saying, Mary. No, no, from my niece. It and doesn't matter. You have no standing, Mary. You have to have standing to walk into court. You have to say, I was damaged. Right. You weren't. So. You weren't. But I was. Pardon? That's your opinion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's your opinion. No, no, no. That's a, no, no. That's a legal fact. It's not my opinion, Those Mary. Don't have the, the benefit Mary, you don't family. have standing. They didn't take away your kid. It's not just my opinion. My opinion is they didn't take away your kid. How about your opinion? Was your child well, taken away? Take my kid away? Okay. Was your child taken away, Mary? 
No. Okay, so both of us have the same opinion. <laughs> nice talking to you. Ah! Okay, good enough. I screamed. I'm done. All right, got it out. Got it out of my system. Fair enough. You know, one more of those calls back in my office and more lamictal. Lamictal goes into the body. And then you calm down and enough of it, you just really calm. Hey, Mary, how you doing? Now you have no standing. This is Handle on the Law. Um, oh, I have a net spot. That's right. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, let me tell you about LifeLock. And uh, LifeLock, of course, protects your identity. And here's an example of identity theft. A brokerage firm in the Midwest uh, just, well, it's their fault because they improperly configured hardware uh, and it leaked valuable data to the open web. But 97,000 files with credit cards, passport scans, internal emails, customer chats, with uh, chat logs with passwords were exposed. Identity thieves are going to be grabbing on that instantly and then setting up credit in your name if you were part of that lovely group of people that were hacked. And that's what they do. The information that's out there, identity thefts use that uh, to establish credit in your name, clean out bank accounts. I mean, it's a mess. So I'm going to suggest LifeLock. LifeLock uh, is a company that not only monitors uh, what's going on in your life in terms of your identity, but alerts you if there's a problem. For example, even a credit inquiry made in your name, uh, they're going to alert you. And if, you're, if your identity is compromised, they actually work to fix the problem. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction at every business, but LifeLock, in my opinion, is the best. And, of course, I've been a customer for years. You've heard that. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. That's uh, LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE, or call 800-LIFELOCK. Now, this is HANDLE on the Law. Bill Handel. And it's a legal show on a Saturday. Uh, today at 11 o'clock, uh, join me, the System Papers and Reborn Cabinets Homestyle and Resource Expo. Uh, it goes from 11 to 3, and it's at the System Papers Design Center in Santa Ana. Wine tasting, I mean, just a bunch of stuff there. And also next week, starting at 9 o'clock, Law Day. Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 lawyers giving you free legal advice, and then we have so much other stuff there uh, that uh, I'll share with you. And, of course, I'll be there starting at 9 with Handle on the Law. Okay. Now, back we go to uh, Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Uh, Ken. Hi, Ken. Yes, you're up. Hello. Uh, Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, Approximately four months ago, I received a phone call from the attorney that was representing me in a civil lawsuit against me and the former company that I worked for, the employee was suing me personally and the company that I used to work for and said that um, I had to appear in court. And I said, well, I have a vacation booked, and it's only 10 days down the road, so I can't make it. You're going to have to reschedule. At which point he said, the judge said, it's written in stone. You have no choice. You've got to be there. If you don't, you're in contempt, and you could be held liable for any damages just for not showing up. And it was written in stone. you got to cancel. 
So I got on the phone right away so I wouldn't lose more money. Rebooked the vacation, cost me $4,900, only to receive a phone call three days after that saying that the judge not only postponed the case, but actually dismissed me from the case, and now I'm out to $4,900. My question is, he never notified me of any court dates, and any time that we had communications, he followed up with an email that I could print off. He swears that he had told me about the court date prior to me booking my vacation. Okay, uh, you're taught. Wait a sec. Let me get this because I was distracted for a moment because I usually get bored silly with all these calls, especially yours. So uh, it was the opposing attorney uh, didn't tell you about the court date? No, the attorney that's representing me. Oh, I see. Got it. He didn't tell you about the court date. Oh, okay. Right. And so uh, you met, so, but how did you know then that the court date was uh, to be postponed or when you asked for a postponement uh, and the judge turned you down flat, how do you know that happened? The, your attorney told you that? No, the, when I asked the attorney to go in front of the judge, because he had just left the judge's chambers when he called me, I said, you need to go back in and tell, tell her that I have this vacation. It's going to cost me oh, a lot of Oh, and the judge, and did, and did your attorney tell the judge? He said he would not do it. Cause okay, I get it. And it, so, it, and then you find out the, the the judge did do it. Three days later, they had another meeting with the judge, and she posted. Okay, I get it. I, okay, hold on a minute. But uh, when? How do you know the judge did not say you have to be here? And then the judge changed his or her mind three days later. I, I don't know. That yeah, here's the problem: the judges can do that, and they do do that. Okay. That's that's the problem. Is it happens so it, all the, it happens all the time. So you get to find what, out. The only issue is did the judge uh say or not say you have to show up? Well, the, my question is he he notified me of all the court dates that that kept getting postponed. He never notified me of the date in question because I never would have booked a vacation. Okay, then how did you then how did you know that it was postponed if he never notified you? He, called me personally to tell me I need to be in court in, uh, in Okay, and is that what the judge had said? And you don't know. So you yeah. were so you were they, they inf- never, you they, were informed. I'm con- to- I'm confused here. You're saying you weren't informed yet you receive a phone call. Well, but Bill, by then I had already booked my vacation. I get it, but they, I, they, they when you a, okay, so was it was it three days after the judge said you have to show up, or was it at the time the judge said it that you got a phone call? Uh, three days later. Okay, so the judge said you have to be here, and your lawyer never told you that until three days later. Right. Okay. Okay. Sue the lawyer for forty nine hundred bucks. Okay. Okay, that's it. Uh, you know, nothing more, nothing less. So, I mean, I'm glad that we went through that for sure. Oh, Gary. Hi, Gary. Yes, Bill. Yes. Yeah, great talking to you. I hope I don't bore you with this question. Uh, what's the uh, ramifications for not showing up for a jury summons for some uh, time this week? Uh, well, I mean, they'll be. Uh, it's uh, it gets a little complicated. Uh, Gary, are, are you happen to be gay, by the way? No. I'm sorry. No, I'm not gay. You will be. I will be? Yeah, absolutely. When uh, you're put in jail and Bubba is your cellmate, yeah? Oh, that's what they do. Uh, no, actually, they don't. But it just had a nice oh. visual there. Uh, oh, what my the, goodness. Yeah, no, what they'll do is uh, they'll just send you another notice. 
and say this is a second notice and you have to uh, call us to get a date. Uh, you'll actually get a date the first time out. Uh, then you ignore that. You'll get a date the second time out because they give you one pass. And then they start uh, giving you notices saying, hey, it's you better call in. And you should. I mean, theoretically, Gary, you there could be a bench warrant issued, and some judges do that. But it's not it's not a good idea. You can postpone it, uh, and they're pretty good about that. But you only have so many. And it depends on the clerk. It depends on the jury clerk. It depends on the court. It depends on the judge. But, you know, I wouldn't ignore it. I would call them. And then you can try to get yourself out of jury duty, which you'll never be able to. But there's a whole bunch of exemptions there. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, you could be fined. Uh, it's uh, I mean, you could have a warrant out there and they'll pick you up if there's a warrant. I mean, you get a traffic ticket and there's a warrant because the judge issued a warrant. Now you're, uh, you're handcuffed and you're thrown into jail and you have to make bail. I mean, it can be a mess. I see. Will it? Usually not, but it can be. So are, have you already ignored it or are you in the midst of ignoring it or are you yeah, – yeah, it's it's one of those deals where you call in each day in the week, until right. They finally, and that's the other thing you call and you call in because it could be that you don't go, or you yeah, ask for a postponement. Here's here's the magic: yeah. is you ask for a postponement, yeah, and ask for maybe the clerk will do this. I did this once because I get jury duty all the time, and right. I sort of got it uh, September October kind of time. I asked for uh, I asked for a jury date between Christmas and New Year's. I see. And the chances of being called into jury duty then was almost impossible. I see. Okay, but uh, don't ignore it. Talk to them. Uh, ask for a time when it's convenient. Uh, yeah, you're going to end up doing jury duty, Gary. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I, you know, uh, what's the fine? Do you have any idea what the no, fine No, I have is? no idea. No idea. Uh, because I always took care of it. I kind of like the Bubba being uh, the uh, roommate, you know, the cellmate. Garrett, come over here. It's time. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM uh, six forty. Bill Handle here. Saturday morning. More Handle on the Law. All right, Justin. Your turn. Welcome hey, to the show. My man. Yes, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. Hey, um, so over the course of four months at my son's school, and this is a high school, um, there's this child that's been held back a year, and apparently this child has had problems. My son is uh, on the 504 program. With, uh, he's got some mental disabilities, but he's functional and in regular classes. Um, counselors and all the teachers and everybody's well aware of this. Um, so what happened was this child started uh, putting his hands down his pants and rubbing it on my son, taking the chair out from underneath him to try to make him fall as he was sitting, and a couple other name callings, and it kind of went back and forth with the name callings. Um, we had my son talk with the counselor because my son was getting very upset and asked me, he said, Dad, can I just hit him? I said, no, we can't take that action. That's not the right way to go. we got to talk with the school counselors, we got to talk with the teachers and make sure we get this problem resolved. Well, as soon as he talked to the counselor the first time, the counselor had to talk with the um, other child, and from there things escalated. So it just got worse, and then that child began to threaten my son, saying that he was going to kick his butt. Okay, and the counselor was aware of this, correct? Absolutely, yes, correct. Okay, all right, go ahead. 
And then so after, you know, he started calling my son a snitch and saying he was going to beat him up. And then my son went back to the counselor after several incidents of this. All right. So what what happened? We don't have to go through the whole chronology. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's try to get through it. So uh, he. they made him sign a no contact waiver. After the no contact waiver, well, he, and that's, uh, you're talking about the boy who was uh, who was uh, beating up on your kid. He was supposed to sign a no contact waiver, or both of them. Correct. All right. Uh, my all the kid, not both, just the kid that was okay. Uh, on my son, and then uh, so he threatened it, or he started asking people or asking other um, classmates uh, to beat my son up for him, and that he'd give him ten dollars. Well, then my son went back to the counselor. Um, All right, I got it. I got it. So this was a continuous uh, yep, incident kept on going. Yep. So what what happened? So in, the beginning, in the beginning of class, my son, as he's unzipping the bag, you can, there's a video out of it. You can see the child run at my son almost full steam and just start well on. All right. So, all right. So, shot. all right. So what happened? So what do you, what's your question? Well, first of all, what happened at the end of it? And what's your question? Uh, my question is. Why isn't the uh, school taking proper actions? We I have no idea. You're asking me why the school is? I have no idea why the school is or isn't. You know, what I'm, you I'm, not the school. What would, you do in my what would I do? I would, uh, first of all, how, how emotionally upset is your kid? Is he seeing a shrink? He's, he has seen a psychiatrist, but he has been before. All right. So if the um, psychiatrist can testify as to the additional psychiatric damage that your kid has gone through as a result of the beating, that just increases your damages. For one thing, uh, you've got the school, knowing this was going on, certainly failed its duty by not getting that other kid out. Just gone. So uh, your uh, your child has been treated very badly and probably illegally by the school. So I, I would get a lawyer to see if anything's there. I think I would get a lawyer because these school districts now are getting nailed for this sort of stuff. Uh, right. They they have a duty. I mean, they're the anti-bullying philosophy and the sentiment out there is enormous. Now, thank right. God your kid didn't kill himself, and thank God he wasn't beaten into unconsciousness where there was a permanent damage, which has happened. Oh, we took him. We, he, okay, you, you, you know what? I've got to. We did take him to the hospital. All right, hospital and I, all right. So, what trauma. kind of damage? All right, so the kid is. I'm assuming your kid is more emotionally damaged than he was physically. Yeah, he's starting to miss classes now at the new high school. Got it. It's uh, oh, he's at a wait a second. He's at a new high school. You did take him out. We did. We actually got it because of the mistreatment. We got it before that. To All right. Transfers done. All right. So uh, I would I would go against the school board and the and the, and the teachers for doing that for letting this kid uh, instead of removing this other kid from the school. Yeah, I think you have something there. Uh, yeah, that's that's a tough one. All right, Gary. Hi, Gary. Hi, Bill. How yes, sir. Go ahead. I have a friend that was in the Marine Corps for over 25 years, and he was stationed in um, Fort Lugene, North Carolina. And his son was probably about 12 years old, and he passed away. And so when they did the autopsy, they found high levels of contaminants, but they sure weren't sure exactly what the problem was. And um, I just read online uh, last month that actually the government did uh, acknowledge that they had um, high levels of water contaminant on uh, Camp Lugine. So I just wanted to know if um, he would have a case. Okay, first of all, it connecting the two might be kind of interesting. Did anybody else die? Was anybody else sick as a result of drinking the water at Camp Lejeune? Yes. 
that would have been a huge story, and I don't remember that because we cover stories all day long. Uh, do you happen to know offhand how many people were sick, how many people died as a result of the contaminated water? Um, I know he has all that information. Okay, well, certainly, if there was contaminated water, uh, clearly uh, there's there's a duty. Uh, now, you're talking about suing the federal government, which is no small task, but uh, still, based on what you said, uh, that that would be yeah, – I don't remember that story. That would be enormous if people were dying of contaminated water at a military base. I just don't remember. Maybe it did happen. I don't remember it. But, uh, yeah. it, okay, I got it. Uh, so, and, they, and, here, and they acknowledged it online. I read it uh, in the uh, Army Times. And then here's another thing. They acknowledged that, the water um, was contaminated and people died? Yep. Okay. Well, they, they just said that they acknowledged that there was water contaminated. Yeah, but, but putting together the contamination right. that caused the death. In other words, it have to be exclusively the contamination. Right. That's no easy feat to do. And that's why I asked you, did other people die as a result yeah. of that contaminated water? And you're saying yes, and the uh, and the, and you're saying that the Army admitted that. Uh, okay. the, the Marine Corps there. Okay, yeah, the Marine I'm, Corps. I'm well, I, yeah. yeah. But if, then, there's been, uh, then there's been lawsuits filed, I guarantee it. And the trick right. is to just uh, do, a, do an Internet search and uh, well, just Camp Lejeune, contaminated water, lawsuits, okay. and find uh, the lawyers that right. did it. That's all. Okay, um, that's all they have to do. Okay, great. That's all, right. all I need to know. You got it. That's a. Do you remember that story? Camp Lejeune Marines dying as a result of uh, of that. I I don't remember it. It may very well have, been, have happened. This is handle on the law. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here, uh, right up until 11 o'clock. Phone number 800-520-1KFI. That's 800-520-1534. Quick reminder, uh, a couple things going on. First of all, today from 11 to 3, the System Pavers and Reborn Cabinets Home Style and Resource Expo. A lot going on. And it'll be at the System Pavers Design Center in Santa Ana. Just look up systempavers.com. You'll see where where it is. And I'll be there. Come on by. Say hello. And then next week at 9 o'clock, it's Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 lawyers giving you free legal advice. Live broadcast of Handle on the Law. You're welcome to join from 9 to 11 o'clock. Modified Handle on the Law. And also, I am going to be there screaming at everybody. So come on, join us. There'll be raffles, all kinds of stuff. Uh, a bunch of our vendors will be there with the booths. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and especially if you need uh, legal advice, you can see one, you can see a dozen lawyers for all I care. And it's all free. That's next week at nine o'clock at the Bowers Museum, nine till two at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have no case. This one is spectacular out of Pennsylvania, and it has to do with name changes. And quite often people have asked me over the course of the years, gee, I want to change my name. Usually it's a family member who wants to change to someplace else, even to another name, even though they're not adopted uh, or connected uh, to someone. Gee, can I change my name? Or simply you, you hate your last name and you want to change it. All of it legit. You can change your name for any reason you want It's not as long as it's not for fraudulent purposes, which is why uh, Isidore Heath Campbell 
uh, can legally and has changed his name uh, to Isidore Heath Hitler. And uh, he did it. Uh, His driver's license, insurance, registration, everything has changed over to Hitler. As he said, I'm the new Hitler. Uh, It was in March. Superior Court judge uh, approved the name change. It was filed on Valentine's Day. The change effect uh, effect took place May 8th, which was uh, Victory in Europe Day, Germany's surrender, which is kind of interesting why he would do that. So uh, Hitler's initials, uh, and he says this, are now IHH, which he says represents I hail Hitler. Huh. That's great. Uh, He's tattooed neo-Nazi, obviously, lives in Pennsylvania. Uh, they, uh, it's, uh, it was uh, New Jersey. He was looking for a document uh, where he wanted uh, to put, oh, it was a cake uh, in a uh, bakery in New Jersey that wouldn't put his three-year-old son's name, Adolf Hitler, on a birthday cake. And uh, as Hitler said, I think people need to take their heads out of the cloud they've been and start focusing on the future and not in the past. Of course, uh, being Hitler and all. And uh, before let me tell you how crazy this is. Before his name change, there was a custody hearing for his kids. He came into court wearing a full Nazi uniform. The hair sort of put across uh, his haircut uh, in the Hitler hair manner. And, of course, let's not forget the toothbrush mustache. And uh, then there was uh, – he showed up at a, at a visitation rights hearing because, of course, he lost custody – but there was a hearing as to visitation rights, how often, under what circumstances. He shows up in his full Nazi uniform. Unbelievable. Uh, his The names of Hitler's other kids, there's a uh, Joycelyn Aryan Nations. Fabulous, isn't it? Uh, Hanslin Heinlitter Genie Hans Heinrich. Fantastic. It doesn't get better to this. Okay. So anyway, he is now, it's Isidore Hitler. Good for him, huh? Just, oh, and let's not forget the huge swastika tattoo he has on his neck. That's great when you show up in court or you get a ticket when a cop shows up. All right. uh, Let's go ahead and uh, take some uh, phone calls. Here we go. Jill, we'll start with you. Hi, Jill. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. A friend uh, finds homes for cats, and this woman couldn't keep her her cat for a week as they were moving. So my friend asked if I would keep the cat for a week. Turned out to be months. She couldn't take the cat back, so my friend said she would put the cat up for adoption. I said I would adopt the cat as I fell in love with the cat. The woman wanted the cat back, and I said no. She said she was going to call the police and sue me for the cat. Well, obviously, the police aren't going to show up. That's for sure. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Also, I don't even know if she get into. She can go into court and sue you for a transfer of the cat. They don't. The court, the court doesn't do custody. They do money damages. So all she can ask for is the value of the cat. And I'm assuming it's just a straight uh, tabby cat, like a street. I'd probably not even a feral cat, but it's just a cat cat, right? Yes, yeah, it's nothing's... a beautiful white cat. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, they're all beautiful. Yeah, even the ugly, yeah. even the ugly ones are beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's a cat. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it. 
Yeah, so, she she won't even get into court. The police will laugh at her and uh, just no, thank you. I'm keeping the cat. That's all you have to say. All right. Okay. Thank all right. you, Bill. Good. In case, unless the cat gets the t- this temper or parvo or whatever the cat gets, and then bite or rabies, and then bites you, and then uh, you do cats get rabies? I don't even know if cats get rabies, but uh, be hilarious. Cat did get rabies, bit her, and then she says, "Yeah, I should have given that cat back uh, for sure." Marlene, hi, Marlene, you're up. Welcome. Hi. So um, I have a 2012 Hyundai Sonata. Um, it had an engine recall, so I got something sent in the letter. So I went to the dealership, took it in. Um, the car had about 85,000 miles when I took it in. It passed. It passed the recall. And so um, a couple thousand miles later, um, the engine stalled. Um, I took it to the dealership. Everything that was on the recall paper happened to the car. The dealership doesn't want to pay for it because now the car is over the recall warranty mile. Okay. I don't. So when did you get the recall notice? Um, the recall notice I got probably like a year and a half ago. So I think the question is going to be, why did you wait a year and a half? No, no, no. I did not wait. Right when I got oh, it. Oh, okay. Got right it. You got, got it. It passed the recall. Then everything that was wrong with the car based on the recall is now happened to the car and no one wants to pay for it, right? Correct. Uh, Okay. $8,000 to get it fixed. Yeah. What year is it? A 2012. Uh, What's it worth? Um, I still owe $16,000 on the car. Oh, well, that's – no one cares about that. Uh, Unfortunately, people are upside down on their cars usually the minute they drive off the lot. Uh, What's it worth – if you were to sell it today, what what would it be worth? Probably ten. Okay, um, that's a wobbler. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would certainly try uh, suing, uh, especially if here's the problem you have is you're going to say the problems have to do with that recall, not the fact that you have, what, 80,000 miles on it or whatever the hell you have on uh, the mm-hmm. car. And that's the argument you're going to have. And you're going to probably have to bring in a mechanic uh, to make that argument. And uh, if uh, you're going to, you're probably going to sue uh, probably the dealer. Did you buy it from a dealer? I did. And I took it back to the dealership that okay. I bought it from. Yeah. And, and it's still at the dealers. Okay. Uh, and it's, uh, it's all based on the recall. Obviously, there's no warranty uh, as to anything else on the car with those kinds right. of miles. Uh, you know, it's worth a shot. You know, I don't know if you're going to win or not, but it's certainly worth suing the dealer. Uh, and uh, the dealer is going to say it's not our fault in suing the car company itself. And that's not easy to do. But uh, it, uh, why not? Otherwise, you're, you're, the worst that happens, you're at the same place you are now. Nothing. With a, with a car that you're going to have to spend $8,000 to fix and that you owe $16,000 on. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a bear when that happens. So uh, take it to small claims court. Uh, argue okay. what you argued. Bring in a mechanic. That's going to say it was all connected to this warranty issue, this recall issue, and see if the uh, manufacturing company, uh, if uh, the car, uh, the car company even shows up. And I don't know the answer to that. They might, and and here's what they might do: is if they decide to enter the case, then they'll kick it up to superior court and bring in their lawyers. Okay. Yeah, and then you've got a battle on your hands. Then you're kind of screwed. Uh, so it's it's uh, it, it's that's a no win almost anywhere you go on that. That's just you get screwed 
And sometimes there's no answer legally when you get screwed. You know, and is there is there any good side to that story? Well, yeah, it happened to her and not to me. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640 Handle here. And good morning on a Saturday. More Handle on the Law. Hello, Aaron. Good morning. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Eight years ago, I was a contractor. I had a bond payout. Um, And a couple of years ago, I was sued. I didn't know about it. But anyways, about a year ago, I received a judgment in the mail. For about ten thousand dollars, six thousand for the for the bond, four thousand in legal fees. So in November of last year, they drained my account, uh, and a few days later, I was notified that my account was going to be levied. So they took ten thousand dollars. That covered everything I owed. About uh, February or March of this year, I started getting emails from the attorney um, that said, "Hey, you might want to start paying this bill, or we're going to have to." But wait enforce, a sec. Uh, the bill, they, but they took the money out to pay it, didn't they? They levied. Did they, was the entire amount paid? The entire amount was paid. All right. I, I All right. Fair enough. And, and the attorney, who does the attorney represent? The attorney represents the uh, bond company. All right. And wants you to pay. Company. And wants you to pay a bill you already paid. I already paid All right. the bill. I told her I already paid it. And I said, and furthermore, you didn't do it right. You didn't ask for demand for payment. Give okay. Me a so, all right. Fair enough. So, so what? You, now, so what? You, she's still harassing you. She's harassing all right. me, and the harassing is for three thousand dollars. Okay. More. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Have you? Well, first of all, you said you paid it in full. What's the three thousand dollars for? She said it's for interest due after the fact. Okay, but they well, it's part of the the judgment tells about interest. So she's got a couple of choices. Uh, number one is about eight years ago. Yeah, okay, so you have 10 years on that. Uh, if uh, if you owe the $3,000, she could sue you for it. If it turns out that this thing was paid in full, uh, then her suing you, harassing you, she's liable big time. So you have to ask her for the proof that you owe the money. Okay. And just say, I want to see why and where I owe the money. Let me see the document. Let me see what I owe. I want all the paperwork before I even talk to you. And if she says no and goes ahead after you've made the demand, they have to bring it up in court. And if you have paid it in full and you let her know, and all this has to be in writing, by the way, all of it. Sure. Now, Bill, it was paid in full. She did when she demanded this $3,000, gave me a statement. Statement means nothing. Her statement means nothing. Okay, and uh, it's completely frivolous. I don't owe Okay, the money. all right. If you don't owe the money, you have her. That's where you write the letter and you say, I'm going to go after you legally. If this is a frivolous attempt to collect money that I don't owe, I'm taking you to the state bar and I'm going to sue you for abuse of process. Uh, that's what you do because that would make her liable. All right, Jimmy, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, uh, Bill. In March, I had an accident. Um, I rear-ended somebody, and the police were called. Uh, we exchanged information. Um, I hit a lady and her granddaughter. Her granddaughter uh, was about was an adult as well. Um, I asked them, you know, are you okay? They both said yes. 
Um, I have full coverage on my car. Her car was her car was damaged. Uh, my insurance, I, I reported to my insurance. Uh, my insurance is going to fix their car. Um, the police were called. An incident report was taken. Um, and then what happened? I thought everything was fine, no problem. But then I received a letter from my insurance company saying that they may file a lawsuit against me. Um, so I was like, For what? Wait, 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 why would they file a lawsuit against you when they're paying out a claim against your liability policy where you're paying for the policy? The whole I point have... of insurance and why even pay for insurance if you're going to have to pay for the accident? That's crazy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I agree with you. So I'm I'm wondering, am I liable at all? Because I don't I mean... think so. No, I, I just don't understand how an insurance company would send you a bill uh, for insurance that you bought. That's like you buy fire insurance for your home. They pay for it, and then they say, oh, by the way, we want you to pay for it. No, I mean, no, the insurance is, they, sorry, the insurance is not sending me a bill. The insurance is just sending me letters saying that they've lawyered up and that doesn't they, matter. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, the insurance company has to deal with it, and you did say your insurance company is sending you a bill. Yeah, uh, and at the time, hand, at the time handle, they said they were fine. There was there was no damage. I mean, I mean it doesn't matter. That's for- between the insurance company and the person you rear-ended. You're out of the loop on this one. Okay, okay. So I'm so I'm home free. Yeah, just told, well, yeah. You're gonna get a. Uh, you're probably gonna get dinged uh, for an accident with injury, but that's an insurance issue in terms of what you're gonna pay in premiums. Yeah, anything you get from anybody, you hand over to the insurance company. I see. And then one last question. Um, my insurance company sent me a letter that they want me to authorize. Uh, uh, they want me to sign a document that says I disclose the limits of my liability coverage. Yes. And just go ahead and disclose it. Okay. So sign it and return yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, they, they're going to find it out anyway. And if it turns out your limits are really crappy, uh, they're going to settle for that amount. This is Handle on the Law. Just close your eyes, we're gonna run this blind. We live KFI AM uh, 640 handle here on a Saturday. Uh, we do have phone lines open, 800-520-1-KFI, 800-520-1534. Lines are open. We have a few that are up there. Also, uh, real quickly, today... From uh, 11 to 3 o'clock, the System Pavers and Reborn Cabinets Home Style and Resource Expo. And it's in Santa Ana at the System Pavers Design Center. And I'll be there. And it's a big resource expo show. Should be a a lot of fun. So uh, say hello. Come on by. Santa Ana System Pavers Design Center. Also, next week is Law Day. From 9 to 2 o'clock, over 100 lawyers that you'll be able to talk to. Talk to one, talk to a dozen, doesn't matter. Of course, it's all free. Handle on the law broadcast from 9 to 11 live. And uh, then I'll be there for the rest of the day. And a bunch of our uh, advertisers there. Should be a lot of fun. So that's uh, Law Day next week at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. You can look that one up. The Bowers Museum in Santa Ana next Saturday, Law Day. All right. Uh, Back we go. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, Hello, Jonathan. You're up. Yes, sir. 
hi, I've been employed for the last eight years with the same company, and I've always gotten a bonus. Um, they pay the bonus a good nine months after the end of the year. Now, I've just been laid off, and, of course, my bonus has not been paid, but I'm eligible for it. Um, if they don't pay it, can I go after them? And no, so- probably not, uh, no. It, because it's at their discretion. Uh, the bonus, uh, for example, at my office uh, at the Surrogacy Center, if you need a surrogate mother, call 1-800-SURROGATE. Uh, at the Center for Surrogate Parenting, we pay bonuses, and some people we don't. And if uh, and it's totally discretionary. People get different uh, size bonuses. And uh, if uh, someone is fired, they're not going to get a bonus. So, uh, no, you can't go after them. Uh, yeah, okay. so you're screwed. How much money would you probably get? Uh, 25000 $25,000 bonus? Yes. Now, this is not a commission. This is a no. straight, here you go, here's a gift. Yes, it's based on certain metric performances, and I know I've met them. So, I, wow, what do you do that you can get a $25,000 bonus at the end of the year? Um, I work, uh, no, I'm not sure I want to say. No, no, just a kind of field. You don't tell me where or where. Uh, medical. Okay. Uh, you know, But here is, uh, let me come back. If it's based on metrics, and if you meet A, B, C, and D, and they come up with a formula that based on this, you will get a bonus, yeah. it actually is more of a commission. You have to look at uh, the underlying plan. What you just said is that it's a bonus based on what performance is, and that is more of a commission. They can call it whatever the hell they want, but if you've earned it based on their internal procedures, yeah, you can go after them. If it's strictly, if it's strictly a discretionary, here we love you. Here's twenty five grand or fifteen grand or fifty grand. No, you can't go after them. No, it's it's based on certain percentage of it. Is then that's a com- then that's a commission. Okay, and who do I go with? Uh, you I- do, uh, just any lawyer, any business lawyer. Uh, probably a yeah, not not even labor law, just a straight uh, business lawyer, and, and see if there's anything there because it's. It w- I think the procedures manual the, has has to be looked at, the employment manual that uh, that rules or uh, it it determines everything. All right, Joe. Uh, hello, Joe. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey. Yes, I, sir. I a couple of years ago I was getting physical therapy on my wrist for just for pain. Anyway, the physical therapy was not working, and I um, I got a bill for about three hundred bucks. I paid all but eighty, and I let, sent a letter to the uh, doctor saying that it wasn't doing any good, and I thought that the treatments were a waste of time. So I didn't pay eighty bucks of the bill. She sent it to Collections, and Collections did a lot of things to get a hold of me and emailing me and such. And uh, finally. They got a hold of the routing number from my checking account and deducted what was originally an $80 bill, almost close to $100. Wait a second. They deducted from your bank. Did you authorize them originally to take the money out of your bank account? I did not. All right. You go to the bank and say, these people have uh, stolen my money. You have allowed a fraudulent transfer. You put the money back in, and then you can do whatever the hell you want with this company that... uh, uh, that stole my money with uh, fraudulently routing my money. You can, just because they have a routing number. See, every time I write a check to someone, every time, any time you write a check, there's a routing number on the check. Correct. They know the routing number. 
But for them to go in, they would have to pretend they're you. And it's exactly to authorize it. It's identity theft. It's an identity. Absolutely. A, uh, you go to your bank. Eight? Go to your bank and start screaming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Okay. That's where you go. And the bank. What's the bank going to say? Uh. 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 That's what they're going to say. All right, Spencer. Hi, Spencer. Welcome. Hi. I was on the. Uh, I was at a used car dealership pretty recently. Um. I made a deal on the car. Uh, they had advertised clean Carfax later in the week, so I put a deposit down on it. Later in the week, I got the Carfax myself to look at them. It was flagged, had structural damage. And so compared to their Carfax, there's different okay. information. So now the question is, have you seen their Carfax? Yes. And it does show clean? Yes. And uh, then when you ran it again, it was flagged? Correct. And what was the difference in time? This is fascinating, that they changed it during that period of time? Yes. Well, I mean, both show up as months ago. Um, the The facts are from months ago. However, getting them now, it looks different. Okay. Well, yeah, I would ask for a refund of the money and let them have their car back. I, I have. And I gonna, no, you're going to have to sue them for that. How much did you spend yeah. on the car? Well, so far I've only put down, you know, less than a grand. All right, that's but. what you get back. You want to, you, you, what you want to do is uh, simply uh, make the contract go away. You want to rescind the contract based right. on the fact of simply misrepresentation. It was out and out misrepresentation. Now, gotcha. uh, I don't think it's uh, in. It was not negligent. I mean, it was an accident. Uh, I don't think they, if they ran the Carfax, it's not as if they were hiding a Carfax document or manufacturing one. Right. Uh, obviously, it's Carfax's uh, problem, but they're the ones that sold it to you, uh, the dealership, and just say, I, I want my $1,000 back. And if not, you uh, you go to small claims court and you let them know you're rescinding the contract. And if they want to sue you uh, for the contract because you're offering the car back, you simply say no. you know, And here's why. And there's your proof. Gotcha. All right. Cool. That's, uh, you know, I don't know what else to do on that one. A little, you know, I'm getting some weird ones today, aren't I? You know, I mean, sort of, uh, gee, it's no one's fault kind of thing. What do I do? And trying to figure out where you go on those. Those are those are difficult uh, to deal with when they're, I, I call them wobblers. We can go either way and depends on the judge. It depends on the facts, depends on the credibility, depends on the documentation. In this case, both sides have documentation and it both sides, it looks like it's valid. And maybe it is. And it's Carfax that screwed up somehow. This is Handle on the Law. KFI Handle here on a Saturday. More Handle on the Law. All right, Paula. Let's uh, start with you, this segment. Hello, Paula. I have uh, alimony lifetime support. Oh, this is a horrible connection, Paula. Okay, I have... Here we go. Is this any better? Yes, a little bit. Okay. I have alimony lifetime support. And my ex is a very successful physician. Um, six months ago, he sent me an informal letter from himself saying he's retired and he's too old and tired to fight me in court. He's 67, and he wants me to just cut the alimony support off. Um, I realize that he can go back to court at any time and cut it down. But Actually, he probably can't. Lifetime support, and it was taken into account, uh, the retiring, unless the support order... 
which friends of mine are divorced, uh, it goes up to its X number of dollars, and at age 65, then it reduces to whatever. Right. This does not cut anything off. Oh, okay. Then it's uh, then it's not then it's not going to be reduced. Now, meanwhile, he's moved out of state with no forwarding address. All right. So you have to track him down. Right. And is there a time frame that if he doesn't send me checks? Um, that the judgment stops, like some latches thing or something? Yeah, well, I mean, no, they'll collect the money. Uh, what they'll do is you have a court order yeah. that says he owes it, and he's in breach of a court order. So all oh. you do is track him down and just start collecting. Have a marshal go and uh, will collect uh, against uh, uh, retirement uh, money that he's getting. Yeah, you get okay, that. So yeah. I shouldn't be worried about latches. And if there's if there's... I have no way of knowing if he's deceased or not. Well, you have to hire a private investigator. Okay, so, you know, I have yeah. a life insurance policy and his grandchildren yeah. and his will. Yeah, but... I got it. Yeah, yeah, just, you need a private investigator okay. to track There's all of that down. no way of finding out if someone's deceased by Social Security. Sure, no, I, I don't know if Social Security, but a private investigator will find out if he's dead or okay. not. Okay, <laughs> get a private yeah, investigator. Yeah, private investigator, and then uh, the lifetime support uh, ceases. You know why? Uh, because lifetime is over. On either side. See how that works? Oh, yes. Oh, all right, Marvin. Hi, Marvin. Bill? Yes. Uh, I uh, was trying to assist my daughter in refinancing her home in Encino. And uh, anyways, her uh, credit score was not high enough and her income was not high enough. So I uh, uh, agreed to go ahead and put my name on uh, on title and do the uh, refinancing. Uh, as it turns out, uh, I'm involved in too many uh, investment properties with my name on them already. So it was uh, my uh, ability to refinance it was denied. Uh, in the process, they informed me that I had to have her house appraised at a total of $880, and I'm just wondering if I have any recourse to go back after them for that. Uh, probably not, uh, <laughs> because uh, the appraisal is, uh, they want to know the value of the house, Yes. and they, based on the value of the house, then they put all of the rest of it together. For example, let's say the value of the house was, uh, instead of $880,000, was a million three. Yes. And you were borrowing uh, 80% of 880000 So all of a sudden, they're looking at an equity of uh, $500,000 and loaning money on that much equity in the house where there's already uh, there's enough there to where they're far safer. Uh, so, uh, no, you're not going to get your money back. Yeah, because the uh, equity in the house uh, far exceeds what we're trying to buy. Well, then, but they just don't want to loan you the money. Yeah, that's so, true. So, I mean, you can argue if they uh, they should have let you know beforehand and why, if they weren't going to loan it to you, what is, why do they send you an appraiser? So, have you asked that question? I tried calling them several times now in the last week or so, and uh, nobody is returning my call. All right, then just send a letter saying you're going to take them to small claims court and see if a judge buys it. Yeah, okay. You know, based on what you said... Uh, I would look at uh, the uh, lending company and say, hey, you know, if you weren't going to lend the money, explain to me why you want an appraisal. And you could have run a credit check in about two seconds. And instead, you say, I want an appraisal first. Well, let's talk about why. And there's tons of equity here. Yes. I mean, when I put down, this is you talking to them saying, hey, when I put down the value of the house... Uh, and there, and it was actually appraised for higher than that. Where are you going? Sure, why not? I'd give it to you. But uh, all you can do is try it and let them know. 
you'll get you'll get their attention if uh, you uh, you file a small claims court. Sometimes you have to do that just to get people's attention, which is a drag. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, identity theft. And here is the latest, and uh, oh, that huge hack that went around the world. 97 countries? We talked about that yesterday. It was in the news. I mean, that's crazy stuff. So what do you do to protect yourself? Uh, well, one of the things that uh, we we found out as a result of that hack is that people weren't, these companies, these hospitals, weren't particularly paying attention and weren't patching their systems. And this is why... Uh, we, I, my family has LifeLock because if those sleaze balls get hold of, that's hackers, identity thieves get hold of our information, LifeLock jumps in. LifeLock not only monitors, but it will alert you there's a problem, even to the point where a, an, a credit check is even made on you. Boom, LifeLock will tell you. And if your identity is compromised, then they work to fix the problem. That's what LifeLock can do and does. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction in every business. But in my opinion, LifeLock is the best out there. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. That's LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. Or for the same 10% off, call 800-LIFELOCK, 800-LIFELOCK. This is HANDLE on the Law. AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here uh, right up until 11 o'clock. Matter of fact, starting at 11 o'clock, you can uh, join me at the System Pavers and Reborn Cabinets Homestyle and Resource Expo. Big expo uh, with uh, System Pavers there and Reborn Cabinets and a bunch of different uh, uh, just uh, what people and organizations, free wine sampling, for example, just a lot of stuff. And it's at the System Papers Design Center in Santa Ana, and it's from 11 till uh, 3 o'clock today. Uh, Also, next Saturday, it's Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana from 9 to 2 o'clock. Over 100 lawyers will be there to give you free, actually not even marginal, real legal advice. You can see one, you can see 20 for all I care. It's all free, and that's a Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. You can look it up, just Bowers, B-O-W-E-R-S. And so oh, also you can go to uh, handleonthelaw.com because, of course, uh, handleonthelaw.com will be there. So that's next Saturday starting at 9. Lots going on this week and next week. And, of course, I'll be there, and I'm also at System Pavers today. So uh, stop by, say hello, and I'll abuse you either way. All right, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. Now, I enjoy First Amendment cases. Love it. And who gets involved in First Amendment cases? But, of course, civil libertarians, uh, the ACLU, jump in always like crazy. And this one is more than fun. This is uh, Louisiana. And it's the ACLU of Louisiana that has overturned a law. And the law that was on the books that was passed by a legislature, uh, the legislature in Louisiana, says that the age uh, that women are allowed to work as strippers in the state 
went from 18 to 21. That's what the Louisiana, the uh, House, the Assembly, whatever the hell they call it in Louisiana, they, the state law, 18 to 21. And the ACLU, civil libertarian strippers, said, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, we have a right to strip at 18. You can't stop us from stripping at 18. So guess what? They won. The ACLU won. Court overturned it. You can go back to 18. Why? Uh, Because it's freedom of expression. It's a First Amendment issue. Stripping is expressing your freedom. I guess freedom of clothes. I don't know how that keeps working. So, however, the uh, bill does put new requirements on strip clubs, which uh, seem to be legitimate, and the the ACLU is not fighting it, including their employees, strip clubs, receive training on how to spot human trafficking. Now, how that connects with strip clubs, I don't know. I don't. I mean, how many strippers are victims of human trafficking? But so be it. Maybe they are. And uh, so uh, the uh, amendment on human trafficking... Uh, That amendment says that failure to comply would result in a revocation of the beverage license. Okay, not not shutting down the place and stopping the strippers from stripping, but the beverage license, which actually shuts down the place. I mean, that's where they make their money. It's not as if it's gourmet food that's served at strip clubs. All right. So much for that. Uh Uh-huh. Nice case, right? Freedom of expression, First Amendment. There you go. You can express yourself. You can strip. I do that constantly right here on the show. Thank God it's radio, right? Oh, that is absolutely hilarious. Oh, okay, James. Uh, we'll start with you. Hello, James. Welcome Hello. to Handle on the Law. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, I got a call, landline call, from an uh, environmental company, and... Uh, they said that uh, it was for septic tanks, and uh, you never have to clean them again, the leach lines or anything. You try it for 30 days, and uh, if you're not satisfied, you send it back. You get uh, They'll pay the postage back. What is that? They pay the postage on a septic tank? No, on, on the stuff that they send me to put in the septic tank. Oh, okay, it's sort of stuff, okay? It's some chemical stuff you put in the septic Correct. tank. Okay. So what they said, I'd never have to do this again. Yeah, no, I get I called it. the septic tank company. They said there's no such thing. Okay, did you that. send the money? No, I haven't sent the money, but I'm sure I'm going to get a bill for $128. Why? For a two-year supply. Well, wait a sec. Did you sign a contract? No. So they just called you, wait a sec, they just called you and said, hi, we have this stuff that's great for the septic tank. You call the septic tank company, they say, eh, it's all a bunch of crap. They say it's a scam. I know, but uh, so what? So what's your question, Rich? My question is, if I get a bill from them, uh, I don't want, they said they would pay the cost of sending this It doesn't matter. You didn't order it. They have to have a written contract. Oh, I ordered it over the phone. Uh, and, you know, and they're going to say that. And you said yes. You 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 accept their offer. Did they give you a price over the phone? One hundred twenty eight dollars for two years. And they told I you that. I I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, they could theoretically come back, ding your credit, sue you, but uh, no, no, no. 
I, I think you're going to be okay. It's, the trick is if you sent him money, that's a problem, or gave him a credit card number, but you didn't, right, James? No, correct. I All gave right, him I think, nothing. I think you're fine. Uh, and on the other side is, James, let me ask you. Somebody calls you on the phone and offers you something. Uh, you have no idea who they are. All right, so uh, who's going to call you an idiot first, me or you? <laughs> my son. There you go. Your son called you an idiot, which is even better. So that's three of us now that are calling you a complete moron. Excellent. All right, Rich. Hi, Rich. You're up. Welcome. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a situation with my fiance. Um, a while back, she had a blanket wrapped around her. She slipped and fell, hit her head on a table. Uh, four days later, she was seeing double vision, so we went to the hospital emergency room, and the hospital called the police there uh, to investigate a domestic violence situation. Well, she's totally scared of the police officers, and um, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, and she's totally scared of police officers, so she decided to leave. And I was talking with with, with a few of the officers that I know out in the hallway, and when uh, she came out, the CEO uh, told her to get back in the room. She says, I'm leaving. I have a right to leave. And uh, he goes, no, you don't leave until we tell you to leave. Well, she stood there. He slammed her down on the ground. The cop slammed her down on the ground? Yeah, on the floor. She hit her head again, and now she's all in a daze. Uh... The uh, IV was pulled out of her arm. Blood was shooting all over. He dragged her to the bed. Okay, okay. I mean, that sound that seems so extraordinary. It's it's it a, it's a movie script. All right. Hey, so sure, depending on how depending on how badly she was hurt, you go to a personal injury lawyer, and of course you sue the city. And it's a long yeah. haul, but there's a videotape of it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your question is what? My question is um, about retribution. If they could, uh, you know, like uh, uh, do any kind of harm to her later on or me. Why? No, they're not going to do any harm to you. They're not. You you go ahead and sue these people. And if anybody comes yeah. and tries to harm her or you, first yeah. of all, whatever officer does that, that career is over. Yeah. That cop is yeah. done forever yeah. and is looking at uh, a criminal charge. Against yeah. him. I wouldn't worry about that. That's not a okay. problem. What you want to do is get a personal injury lawyer and yeah. you want to go after the city and the police force. If it turns out that the videotape shows all of this is true, first yeah. of all, that cop, that cop is finished. That particular yeah. cop is done and he has to hire a lawyer to defend yeah. himself. Because it's he's true going. Because the other officers that were there that I know. They were freaked out. Okay, well, like, we'll see if they wow. testify. And if they yeah. lie, if they lie and there's video there, their careers are done. Okay. So no, I, you would, know, she didn't, she didn't go to a, uh, another doctor after we left. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't okay. even matter. Not at that point. Uh, because even if she'd gone to another doctor, her damages may not be extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, was it exacerbated? Uh, was she, is she now uh, walking around in a daze and slurring her yeah, speech? Yeah, she's got headaches really bad. Uh, then she has, to go, then she has to go to a neurologist and has to get medical treatment, and that will be part of her damages. So it's a lawsuit for damages. Okay. On the one hand, whatever damage there are, and the attorney will figure it all mm-hmm. out, which doctors, et cetera. That will be part of the lawsuit, and uh, I guarantee you 
Uh, either the cops are going to testify. There'd be two things. They didn't see it, which is a bunch of crap. Uh, right. And uh, number two is if they lie, they're done. And the cop who did it, the videotape shows it, he's done, yeah. and he'll be arrested. And all the doctors that were standing around. But, sir, also, uh, if, if you know of any good attorneys. Yeah, you can go to hand, you know what? You can go to handleonthelaw.com. Okay. And if you're in Southern, okay. if, I don't know if you're in Southern California. Yeah. Okay, then uh, come out. Next week is Law Day. Okay. Okay, next weekend is uh, Law Day where they'll have tons of personal injury lawyers there. It's the Bowers okay. Museum in Santa Ana. Okay? Okay, good deal. All right, sir. see you Thank there. Thank you so much. All right, okay. we'll see you there. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's almost like you can't believe that story. It's especially in this day and age, especially in a hospital where they know there's video. All right. This is Handle on the Law. KFI Handle here on a uh, Saturday. Back we go. More Handle on the Law. Oh, uh, trying to figure out which one I want to do. All right, uh, Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi, Bill. Yes, ma'am. Hey, listen, uh, several years ago, uh, my ex-husband bought his daughter and her family a home uh, up in the Upper Valley. I mean, Upper Desert. And since then, well, he was paying on a $10,000 second mortgage. Uh, since then, he has passed away. The man that he was paying the mortgage money to has also passed away. And the mortgage holder's daughter paid off her father's debts, borrowed it from a friend who's an attorney. The attorney went to my daughter and said she owes him $40,000. On a a $10,000 debt? Yes. Okay, how long, uh, how, how many years ago... Uh, was were the deaths and when the money stopped being paid? How many years ago? Okay, uh, it stopped. He passed away. It stopped oh. in t- two thousand three. Okay, so uh, all right, so uh, well, the forty thousand is crazy. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it could be that the statute of limitations is gone completely mm-hmm. uh, because you're they you can't come back like fifteen years later. And say, by the way, you owe uh, you owe me the money with interest, et cetera. Because if the money isn't being paid, uh, the owner of the of the trustee, the the lender, has a duty to try to collect. And there was and there was never any collection made. Well, what happened was that particular lawyer about two years ago contacted my daughter, sat down with her, and told her, "If you don't pay this money, you will lose your home." That's not necessarily true. I mean, it's a secure so, debt, but again, it's a question of, uh, it's a statute of limitations. Now, I'm not an expert in real estate, but that's the way I read it. But here's my question, and this one I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So your daughter is looking at a lawyer, says you're about to lose your home, and doesn't hire or even consult with a lawyer, a real estate lawyer? No, no, she believed him, and so she signed the agreement. Oh, if she signed it, then it's done. If she signed it, once she signed it, she owes the money. Uh, even under duress? Uh, what? Dur- How'd she prove duress? Well, he told her she would lose her Oh, home. please. Really? And when he says, that's not true at all. Oh, well, she didn't know that. She believed him. I understand, but how does she prove it? I don't know. I I do. She can't. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. she's she screwed. Okay, that's what you get for not listening to me. I may be bad advice, but at least at the end of it, I go, now talk to someone who actually knows what he or she is doing. I mean, that's the that's the part of legal advice that is not marginal legal advice. Because I go through this entire uh, segment where, oh, let me tell you what the law is. Let me tell you what the courts say. Let me tell you what I think. Oh, by the way, go see a lawyer. Why? Well, unless I really know the subject. Go see a lawyer. Even when I think I know the subject. Um, no. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me share with you uh, a story about identity theft. And there's a brokerage firm in the Midwest uh, just uh, figured out that it had wrongly configured some hardware and valuable informa- information data was uh, leaked to the open web. Uh, credit reports, passports, scans, internal emails, uh, customer chat logs with passwords that were exposed in plain sight. There's about 100,000 files. And with that information, the cockroach identity thieves uh, now can go and get these 100,000 people and steal their identities in a flash. And this is another reason why LifeLock is certainly the answer for me. Because LifeLock not only monitors what's going on, alerts you or me, if you're a LifeLock customer like I am, that there's an issue. And if the identity is compromised, then works to fix the problem. And that's what I really enjoy about LifeLock, which is why I've been a customer for way longer than I've been telling you about it on this show. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction at every business. But in my opinion... Well, LifeLock is the best out there. Membership start at $9.99 a month plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off your Ultimate Plus membership. LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE, or call 800-LIFELOCK. This is Handle on the Law. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. Uh, oh, next week, Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. 100 lawyers, free legal advice, starting at 9 o'clock, going on till 2. Welcome back to Handel on the Law. All right, Lillian. Yes, Hi, Lillian. Lisa. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. Uh, listen. Okay, uh, listen, uh, my husband, uh, a year ago, my husband uh, had to buy a car because his company went out of business, so he tried to do business by himself. And then he bought a car, you know, and um, and he worked with the car for like uh, for five months, and he made the payments. But the business didn't go well, so actually he had to take back the car to the company who financed it, you know. And now um, they told him that, they sold the car in the auction for 16000 and now he has to pay the difference. Yes, between what he mortgaged it and or what he, uh, uh, what he uh, bought it for, financed it, and the difference to what they got. And so your question, Lillian, is? My question is, he's not working right now, and what we can do about it? Yeah. He has to pay? Yeah, of course or- he has to pay. How can he not pay? Lillian, tell you what, why don't you loan me $1,000, and then I'm out of work. And I go, but I can't afford to pay you. Well, okay, then I'll walk away. But I took back the car. We don't have the car I understand, but the difference is you you buy a car. Let's say you owe $20,000, right? You finance it. And then they take it back 
and they go, we have to have some more money back. So they go ahead and sell it. They get 14000 What happens to the $6,000? Do they just have to suck it up? No. <laughs> yeah, you owe the money. You owe the money. I mean, there's no way around it. See, people call and go, well, I don't have the money. I'm out of work. Okay, my heart goes out to you. I'm sorry. Write the check. But, 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 I don't have any money. Well, okay, let me get a judgment against you. I mean, that's, it's a tough world out there. It really is. For sure. Don. Hi, Don. Yes. Yes. My son rented a house and uh, with his family. The house burned down about nine months ago. <clears throat> the, uh, he obviously moved out. The house was a total loss. All his personal property was destroyed. So the landlady left the uh, country for about a month. He got a text from somebody that said, we have money for you, but you have to sign a release of liability first. No. He said, send it to me. No. They never sent anything. Yeah, no. So you... now what the question is regarding the security deposit versus a lawsuit for the personal property damage, uh, are those two different things? Yes, the they thing? are. First of all, the five the the, the lawsuit for the five thousand dollars land the landlady owes you the five thousand dollars because didn't make the accounting uh, within the appropriate time. Yes. Although so when the place a- burns down, there is no accounting to make, so she just owes you the five thousand dollars back. Now, yes, I'm excuse. Now she doesn't Sorry know why that. the fire was. It does, so so maybe- therefore, it doesn't matter if she doesn't know what the fire is. Uh, so what? So. How, then, is she going to be responsible for the personal belongings if she's not at fault for the fire? Well, she is at fault for the fire, but she probably doesn't know that. Well, how is so she, the, how is her, she, at, how is she at fault? Her insurance company is agreeing to begin a compensation for my son on the personal property. Oh, that's interesting. Issues. That's interesting that the insurance company is willing to do that for your personal property. That's a new one to me. And yes, why would, and why would they do that? Because the landlord is liable for the loss of the property because the landlord had an illegal, unpermitted, not-to-code electrical outlet. Okay, all right, all right. So uh, that's that's why. All right, so what's your question? So the question is, should we go to small claims over the deposit and a separate claim for the personal property loss through a lawyer? It's two separate claims. It's two separate, uh, totally two separate issues. That's my thinking. Yep, there you go. That was easy. Uh, Albert. Hi, Albert. You're up. Welcome yes. to Handle on the Law. Yes. Yes. Good morning, Bill. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I had an accident in one of my cars uh, six months ago at a casino. It was parked. Uh, this uh, dude uh, hit the car, damaged my uh, left uh, rear door. I put in a claim. Now, you, know who the, you, know, you know who the dude was, right? I know who he was. Okay, good. Got it. Okay, you put in a claim. You you put in. A, you gave him the information or let him know he hit you, and then he put in a claim to the insurance company. Correct? No, uh, they never came forward. It was a hit and run, and the casino saw the guy when he was inside the casino. Okay, who'd you they, put the claim in with then? I put the claim in with his insurance because the casino security gave me the information. Oh, that's a, how did they have his insurance information? Was he an employee uh, there? Well, no. They caught him on the camera and they called him up. Uh, oh, okay. They looked up his uh, the plate number and all that. And I guess that's how they got the information. Interesting. All right. So now what? 
So anyway, uh, I put in the claim with his insurance when I received that information, and I received a CHP report. And now they're denying the claim because the owner of the car and policy has not come forward to claim, yes, it was our fault. Right. I guess there there was a different driver driving. Right. Okay. All right. And your question? My question is, should I put a small claims court? Because my insurance also says we can't do any more than what we've done for you. Yeah. And uh, how much damage to the car? I'd say about three thousand. Yeah, you sue the uh, you sue the driver. So do I have the name of the driver? You have to find out the name. You have to find the owner. You have to find out. Then you sue the owner and let him say there was another driver. Yeah. How do I find out the name of the owner of the car and policy? Uh, I would hire a. uh, See, I don't know how to do it for the insurance company. Uh, You can. uh, I don't know if they'll give you that information. Push comes to shove. A couple hundred dollars with a uh, private investigator. Actually, I have the name of the owner. Oh, of then the you car. can uh, you can look that up. I mean, there's information. If you have a name of someone, how can you not find? Uh, you know, do Google searches. And well, yeah, today, that's true too. It, yeah, anybody who knows how to do searches, uh, who knows how to work the system, can how to navigate is certainly going to be able to show you how to do it. And then, as soon as you find them, uh, if you know who the driver is, uh, certainly you sue the driver, and, and if not, or you sue both the driver and the registered owner, and uh, there's your damages. And well, I tried to I tried to make it easier for the guy that hit me, and I called him up because there was a telephone number on the CHP report, but he denied. All right, then let him deny. Then you have to sue him anyway. Now, if you can't, why wouldn't your insurance company pay you on the on the uninsured motorist claim? Uh, supposedly, they told me the car was not uh, didn't have uninsured motorists. Your car did not have uninsured motorists. That's what they're saying. But, well, look uh, at your policy. Do you have a copy of your policy? Sure do. And does it say uninsured motorist or an underinsured motorist anywhere on there? No, it doesn't. Then you don't have it, do you? No. Okay. So, number one, you're going to have a hard time looking all that up and doing the work. Or number two, if you had had uninsured motorists, you simply turn it over to your insurance company and go, here you go, please pay. Uh, which, minus the deductible. Uh, and depending on uh, some policies, I don't even think you pay the deductible on uninsured this is Handle on the Law. Let's hang an anchor from the sun. There's a million city lights, but you're number one. You're the reason I'm still up at dawn. Just to see your face will be going strong. KFI AM uh, 640 Handle here. And uh, good morning on a Saturday. All right, more handle on the law. Hey, Roy, you're up. Welcome to handle on the law. I'll be back right soon. Yeah, Roy, you're up. Yeah, um, my situation is I retired about five years ago and from the construction trade industry. And I had an option to go 50-50, which meant that when I died, my wife would continue to get my pension or 100%, and then when I die, it's over. Is there any way to change that? No, because you've already you, you're already. Did you did you probably one way or the other? But did no, you can't because I think you've already put in and selected, right? Yeah, and you're reti- and you're retired. So let's say uh, now you want to keep it all, and uh, you want to make sure your wife doesn't get it as surviving spouse, right? Well, 
Well, no, not necessarily. What I want to do is what I should have done is I talked to somebody that had some brains on the matter and got 100%. I could have got a hell of a life insurance policy for her. Yeah, you could have. Still but, I think, ahead. but I think it's a little late uh, to uh, to do this. I really do. Uh, although yeah. maybe uh, within the insurance policy you can. But why don't you talk to someone that actually knows uh, pensions and all that stuff? Who would that be? Uh Someone who knows someone who knows pensions and sort of and that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, you, can, uh, you know that's Don't who you want to go to. You want to go to the guy who knows it. Uh, no, you can go. You know what? Uh, next week, next Saturday, Law Day. Uh, we're having it. You're in Southern California, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. LA. yeah. Just show up. You know, we're in Orange County at the Bowers Museum. I got a hundred lawyers showing up. Uh, so just come to Law Day. All right. All right. I'll yeah, you'll meet someone. Then. You'll meet someone there. Uh, you know, it's easy for me to say until uh, next week, hey, show up, because if you can't find a lawyer amongst over 100, then something is dreadfully, dreadfully wrong, to say the least. Uh, Randy. Hi, Randy. Yeah, Randy. Yes. 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 Uh, I've been the de facto father for a youth since his birth, whose biologic father was out of the picture and uh, mother's, you know, involved elsewhere. Uh, I've seen him through the rank of Eagle Scout and so on. Oh, that's cool. Good for him. And uh, he surprised me last week by asking that uh, he asked if he could add my last name to his. Ooh, uh, doesn't nice. necessarily want to supplant his existing last name, but right. he would like to add it to it, uh, which I'm very touched by, of course. Sure. There's got to be a simple way to do this. Yeah, there is. There is. How He's old an adult, it? so How... I can't adopt him. Okay. Uh, well, actually, you can, but it's it's dumb. There's no reason to. Uh, because uh, whatever benefit, just you leave it all in a will anyway. Uh, well, and that's already happened from my yeah. end. So he's nineteen. Okay. Now. Okay. So uh, here's the rule: is uh, he can make he can change or add any name he wants yes. at any time, as long as it's not for the purposes of defrauding creditors or uh, for any uh, illicit purposes, nefarious purposes. So he's fine. And all he has to do is look up application for name change. That's it. And in the he, state in which he's going yeah, to school? Yeah, or just in the oh. state in which he lives. doesn't matter. Now, uh, that's, good. that's granted almost immediately, and then no one's going to oh. argue that. There'll be a court order. Now, the I'll tell you what's going to be the issue. It's not a legal issue. It's just a pain in the ass. Social Security, driver's licenses, every... Identify in every identifying document. He has to now add that name. Thank you. Yeah, but it's and it's work. But uh, you know what? Uh, help him do it. Give him the money. It's kind of neat. You know. Well, it's better while he's young with, with less complex life. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because ownership of everything, uh, any uh, loan that he has, for example, although loans, it really doesn't matter. And uh, then you have uh, on the credit report, there'll be an AKA. Also, because uh, it's some loans, credit cards, et cetera, he's uses other name. And it's really important for dri- driver's licenses and passports because if he ever wants to travel or show ID and especially travel, uh, guess what? The ticket has to be in the name on the driver's license. And it had better be his name, particularly the passport business. Everything has to match up, Randy. Okay. Okay. But other than that, uh, he's going to be fine. Thank you for your help. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, when uh, Eagle Scout, I have to tell you, I was a scout and I made first class. And to make Eagle Scout is no small feat. Uh, and so he must be a hell of a kid. Uh, well, of course, I think so. Yeah, he'll do fine in jail uh, when, uh, <laughs> you 
you know, when you find out what he's using the new name for. All right. Take care, my friend. Thank you. See you later. That's kind of neat. It really is. Okay. This is Handle on the Law. AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here, and uh, good morning on a Saturday. Right after this show, it's uh, Leo Laporte from 11 to 2. Then it's Neil Saavedra from 2 to 5 o'clock with a Fork Report tonight, 6 to 8, Mo Kelly, and then Monique Marvez uh, from 8 to 10, and then Brian Suits with the Dark Secret Place. All right. Now, this is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. Okay, Mississippi. And this is where I'm not really familiar, having never lived in Mississippi and not practiced, but I think as a general rule, this is going to fly. R. Kelly, who is uh, the singer, has been sued by a guy in Mississippi who claims that the singer carried on a five-year affair with uh, his wife. And this is a lawsuit. Uh, Kenny Bryant, who happens to be, by the way, a uh, sheriff... Uh, Kenny Bryant alleged that his wife, Asia Childress, rekindled a sexual relationship with the singer R. Kelly after attending one of his concerts. Uh, Bryant claimed that Kelly and Childress had previously been in a relationship, but she told him that it ended just before they got married. So, uh, according to uh, Bryant, the husband, uh, Kelly gave his wife, Childress, chlamydia. Okay, he didn't allege that he got chlamydia. It's his wife that got chlamydia, so he can't sue on behalf of his wife. But that's uh, one small point of this. He also claimed uh, that his wife and Kelly communicated communicated frequently over the text message and would meet up in person in Tennessee and Georgia, North Carolina. And eventually she convinced him to move to Atlanta for, quote, her career. But the ulterior motive was to foster her adulterous relationship with R. Kelly. And the move was financially ruinous for Bryant. And uh, he said that she filed for divorce in order to continue the affair. He wants compensatory punitive damages, hopes to punish R. Kelly, make an example of him to others, and deter him and similarly situated defendants from engaging in the adulterous conduct in the future in the service of public interest. He's doing this on behalf of the public. Okay, now, uh, let's start talking about sexual relations and adultery. Now, I'm assuming Mississippi is much like virtually every other state, and that is, uh, if you're an adult, you can screw anybody you want. Married, non-married, doesn't really matter. There are a few limitations. Incest, for example, is one. Uh, Bestiality in Mississippi may or may not be. I have no idea. 
uh, you know what uh, what they how they teach the kids uh, sex education. Maybe it's going to the dairy farm. I, I have absolutely no idea. But as far as stooping someone, I don't think so. And his lawsuit against R. Kelly saying you caused my divorce because you were screwing my wife. Uh, no, no, that doesn't fly. And so as far as uh, I understand, uh, he's got no place to go. But, you know, I appreciate that he is suing uh, R. Kelly in the service of the public interest and not himself. All right, let's take some phone calls. Jim. Hello, Jim. Yes, yeah, I have a question regarding a trust I'm involved in. Yes. Uh, I'm a beneficiary. There's um, there's eight beneficiaries. And the trustee has distributed the bulk of the money, but he's holding 130000 until everybody signs off and says they agree with the accounting and okay. they're not going to sue him. All right. Is, is, that, um, is that legal? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, God, okay. yeah. That's exactly what a trustee should do. All right. And then um, what if everybody doesn't sign off because I got a feeling at least two aren't going to sign off? Then what happens is reason. then what happens is he holds the money uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he distributes to everybody else and he takes a chance or he interpleads the money. He simply goes into court and said, here, uh, I can't deal with this. Or he asks for and I, I'm not a big uh, a trustee expert on this. Okay. Uh, he can and or he can say, I'm waiting and you're not getting any money. Uh, and I'm waiting okay. until it finishes up. Until it finishes up, uh, and uh, th- then he starts playing chicken because uh, yeah. if two people don't, let's say they don't sign, how many? There's eight, and he's got one hundred thirty thousand dollars. So you got yeah. what fifteen thousand, eighteen thousand yeah. dollars per person. Mm-hmm. So are those yeah. two people that won't sign off prepared never to get eighteen thousand uh, dollars? Probably. And then you sue them, and then and then you sue them and say it's your fault. Or you okay. sue that, or you sue the trustee with his permission, and he turns around and uh, countersues against them because they're the ones that aren't willing to sign off. But he, he, what he is doing is, I think, legitimate because he's protecting his ass. <clears throat> okay, yeah. but he. All right, you got to. But he, I, I, that's it. I'm done. I'm already bored with it. Hi, Shannon. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Oh, hi. Okay. Hi. So, um. I was, I was working for a company, and um, basically I'm wondering about wage dispute and um, what the statute is. They paid me out uh, about $6,800 in commission, and it posted to my account. I was told arbitrarily that that commission was not due to me because I didn't make a phone call. All right, but they, but wait a second. But they paid it, and now they want yep. it back? They took it back. Oh, out of which? So, it, out it, of oh, it, was, it was your account with them. No. Oh, I see, because you gave them... Wait a sec. Had you already left the company? No, I was still... Oh, you're still with the company. company. Are you you still with the company? No, not currently. Oh, good. This is part of the reason. How long ago did this happen? Well, we're coming up on a two-year... Yeah, I think Uh, you're still okay. I still think you're okay. okay. Why haven't you filed with uh, the state? Well, because I didn't really know what I was doing. Okay, clearly. Uh, I think you're okay on the statute, I think. Uh, But you get to find out. So what you get to do... And you're in California, correct? I'm in California. Okay, so he's headquartered in New York. It doesn't matter. You're in California because okay. your side—they paid you in California, right. and uh, I think the dispute here uh, is in California. And so you go to uh, the state, and that's the oh my god, I forgot the name of it. It's 
Yeah, Department of Industrial Relations, and they have a wage enforcement division. Okay. And uh, were you a uh, commission salesperson? Salary plus commission. Good, you're okay. Then you're an employee, so that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, and then just go for it. Go for the sixty eight hundred dollars. And there's going to be a hearing. They're going right. to they're going to ask for uh, their side, your side. They paid you, and then they took it back. And so uh, it's that it just and, you, you just sit that, down you sit down in front of an administrative law judge. That's it. Okay, and that happened twice. But um, you know, and I have the, the, the how much do they owe you, Shannon? What's the entire amount they owe you? Eleven thousand two hundred. Then that's what you are going for. Got it. All right. That is that simple. This is Handle on the Law. Pool, and then she kissed me like there was nobody else in the room. As last orders were called was when she stood on the stool after dancing to Kaylee singing to trad tunes. I never heard Carrick Fergus ever sung so sweet. I could pill her in the bar using her feet for a beat. Oh, I could have that voice playing on repeat for a week. And in this packed out room where she was singing to me. You know she played a fiddle in an Irish band, but she fell in love with an Englishman. Kissed her on the neck and then I took her by the hands. And baby, I just wanna dance. My pretty little girl. This is KFI AM640. We're stimulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. And welcome back to Handel on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Hello, Nathan. Yes. 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 Go ahead. Hi. My question is an employment question. My, I have two parts. The first part is that my employee used innocently. She made a mistake, and I know it wasn't malicious, but she used the wrong button on our time on our time clock and clocked out using a paid break button instead of an unpaid break button. And I've discovered that and and mentioned it to her and want to know. Am I legally allowed to have her pay me back? Oh, yes. If she made a mistake okay. or she got too much money, of course. She owes okay. you the money, Just be, especially since it was her mistake. So right. how and much, Nathan, how much money are we talking about? About 1000 Yeah, you sue her in small claims court for it. Well, she's still an employee, and is it something that... Then you tell, then it's, it gets real easy. And, and is she willing to pay you back? Um, I was wanting to take it out of... Future paychecks well, she has to me. she has to agree to that, Nathan. Okay, and that and that's what I've talked to her about. Right, she has to right. agree to it. Maybe two hundred dollars a month or whatever it's going to be. And uh, I would uh, say, are you really going to do that? And uh, and also, uh, I would say, if you don't, I'm firing you. Well, she quit. Oh, then you then you. Well, that gets interesting. So now right. all you have is a lawsuit against her, Nathan. 
Right, and now what she said is that she will work until the 24th. And it doesn't matter. Uh, then fine, they, but you still have to pay her. You still have to pay her for her work. Anything else has to go to court. Right, and I understand that, but my question is, she's, like, pissed off at me. Uh, okay, so what's your question? If, if she is saying, like, she said, I will work until the 24th, and I will only do these specific duties okay. within my job. And? Can I say, can I say, you know, you're already ticked off. Yeah. I don't want you here. Yeah, you can fire her. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. You can fire her with uh, no notice. You can fire her for any reason other than maybe she's uh, a minority or she's handicapped or whatever uh, she is where she's a protected class. But sure, but can, you, you can, can, fi- you can fire anybody around. anytime you want, Nathan. Right, but can she then turn around and file for unemployment? Sure, I'm sending her. And yeah, of course. And you and you and you, what you do is you. Well, she's going to get unemployment because it's uh, not for cause. Uh, she made a mistake. Uh, you can argue. I, here's what I would do: is uh, you really want to make her life miserable? Is you get the unemployment uh, documents from the state, and you say you fired her for cause. And if that's upheld, she gets no unemployment. Get all the rules and find out. You can make her life pretty miserable, especially if someone has mistakenly taken money and won't pay it back. I'd go nuts. The only thing you can't do is take it out of her paycheck. You have to pay her and then go crazy. But let her deal with uh, unemployment. What is it, 26 weeks or something of pay? And just say, really? You're going to take a chance on that one? Julie. Hi, Julie. Welcome. Hi. Yes. My name is Julie, and I'm calling from Sun Valley. Oh, boy. I have a little question for you. Yes. <laughs> um, I go to this junkyard where you pick your own parts uh, for mechanical services, and I went there, and this guy told me, you're not allowed on the premises. You're trespassing. And he kept repeating it over and over again, and I'm like, how am I trespassing? I'm, You know, I'm a disabled person, but I do do work. And he said, you're trespassing, get off my property. And I don't understand why. I've called their company. I've tried to speak with somebody. I get nowhere. They just tell me, call back, call back. We'll let you know. And I feel this is really ridiculous because how am I getting kicked off without a reason? Because they can kick you off without a reason. It's their property. It's their property? Yeah, yep. If it's private property, Julie, uh, a private property owner can say, you know what? I don't want you here. But there's nothing posted. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be it posted. No, he says get out. Oh, I, I don't. I don't want you here. Maybe, I just can't figure out why. Maybe because he thinks. Possible. Maybe because he thinks you're you're crazy, Julie. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't mean, either. But he has the but anybody. but Julie has the right to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know. Yeah. No, so you're I, out. You're out of luck. Uh, and what she, I guess what she collects parts, and I should have kept on her on the uh, on the phone. I have no idea. She sounded a little crazy, didn't she? Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Couldn't tell if she had crossed that line. She's pretty close. This is Handle on the Law. From the back to the blue to black pack, you like back all along the cat is the cat dragon. I caught the rat, the rat, rat, the rat trap all I know. From the back to the blue to black pack, you like back all along the cat is the cat dragon. I caught the rat, the rat, rat, you like back all I know. The night is young, the rest is up to you.
And welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel. This is Handel on the Law. Hello, Mark. Welcome to Handel on the Law. If I was found innocent to the Innocence Project and have been incarcerated for approximately 18 years, how can I reapply for Social Security for those missing 18 years? Uh, You just reapply. And you're probably going to ask for a hearing. And you're no doubt going to get it. But here, but here's the problem. But you didn't put into the uh, Social Security system for those 18 years. So You're in prison. You can't. You no, know, I understand. But the question is uh, that how much do they credit you with earning for those 18 years that go into the Social Security system? Oh, well, you have to put it in. So I have no idea of knowing. No, no, and either do they because it's predicated on how much money you put in and how much money you earn. So you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, Mark. And that is uh, if you are earning, if you can prove you'd be earning X number of dollars, and then therefore the Social Security would go in, but uh, you you sort of can't. What what? Well, the hearing officer may very well say, well, here's what you're earning. What were you earning prior to being incarcerated? Approximately 62800 a year. Okay, and if you can prove that, then I would argue that that is what you should get. So the first thing you do is apply uh, for Social Security. Just straight out apply. How old are you? I just turned 62. That was the reason for my call. Got it. So you are eligible. So you apply and you put the 18% and they're going to, or the 18 years, they're going to say absolutely not. And then you ask for an appeal. You're entitled to an appeal. And then you start going up and you don't even have to, you didn't even a lawyer on this one. You do it on your own because here it is. Here are the facts. Uh, what did they nail you on that uh, the Innocent Project uh, got you out of? It was actually nothing to do with DNA, but it had to do with a form of embezzlement in the company I work for which was then found to be untrue through certain things to do with the union. Wow. And so you were accused of embezzling how much money? Approximately 580000 And you didn't do it at all? No, it was actually part of the union, and I got involved in the union, and I got involved with some other people, and then they found out that some of the underlings had nothing to do with it. After 18 years? Yeah, it took that long. Wow. So what was it like in prison knowing you were totally innocent? How difficult... Uh, well, the only thing you can do is talk to others that feel the same way, and that's just about every one of them. Yeah, I know everybody's innocent in prison. Did you think you were going to get out? I had I had very, very uh, good people helping me on the outside. But since there were people that were ahead of me for more serious crimes, they were the ones that got the priority. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah usually uh, for rape or uh, murder. You know, murder or whatever. Uh, but, Child molestation. Thing. Yeah, crazy. So, how dangerous was it for you in prison? By the way, were you hurt? Uh, did you have to? No, oh. no, I didn't. I didn't get hurt because I kept my nose clean. And the best thing to do to everybody is say, "Do you need a cigarette?" Somehow, you got to get them one, and that's all it needs. Got it. All right, Mark. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. Take, I'll try. All right. Yeah, that's a tough one, especially when you know you didn't do it. Wow. Oh. Yeah. All right, Chris, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. Thank you, thank you. Um, I got a, a felony conviction seven years ago, and I have a state exam, uh, insurance state exam. Now, if I pass my state exam, how likely am I uh, to get my uh, license issued with a felony conviction? Okay, what is the license you're going for? Uh, it's a property and casualty insurance broker. It's a problem. It's a problem, Chris. Is it? Yep, yep. Uh, felony uh, and what? A felony based on what? Uh, sales, drug sales. 
Try, ah, you know what? That may be uh, a different issue uh, because it's that is not one of moral turpitude. That's not one where you've stolen or any of that. That's you know what you might. I, which agency are you going for? I am. Uh, it's state of California. Yeah, but what agency? Oh, the real estate oh, uh, agency. You're saying a real estate? Oh uh, no, 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 insurance. Insurance. Call, insurance call, you know what you want to do is call the Department of Insurance. And uh, okay. j- just ask someone, look at the rules and regulations in terms of licensing. You can actually pull that right off the Internet where it has to do with licensing and rules and regulations and find out, number one, are felons not uh, not eligible to even get the license? And is there an appeals process? And you've got to do uh, a little bit of work. I Even before I took the test, I would do all that because it's not going to help you if you take the test, you pass the test, and you, right. fi- and you find out you can't do it. It does read that there is an appeals process. Then you go through it. Then you uh, you apply. You'll be turned down. You go through the appeals. Uh, in terms of uh, your conviction, your felony conviction, uh, how, what kind of and how much of the drug did you have on you? Uh, less than an ounce. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, okay, that is yeah. less. How do you, excuse me, how do you get convicted of a felony for less than an ounce? Where are we, unless uh, you're talking cocaine, you're talking about heroin? It was meth, and I got uh, yeah, I meth got will do it. Following me, yeah, yeah, yeah meth. Uh, yeah, less than an ounce of meth is a lot of meth. Yeah, I think in terms of uh, marijuana. So yeah, I got a uh, yeah, some some guy snitch. Yeah, no, I get it. And uh, obviously, you're not doing meth anymore. I'm right. assuming. Yeah, although taking the test, you may want to do a little bit just to make it really fast. <laughs> Except I'm serious. You know, ten minutes, you're done. Wow. Okay. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Yes. I uh, purchased a home warranty for my uh, new home that I purchased a couple years ago. And uh, I had a washing machine that came with my home uh, that was quite old. But when it would run the uh, washing cycle during the spin cycle, it would sound like a jet engine taking off. So I contacted the home warranty, which should cover the washer. And I asked them to come out. They sent somebody and they told me that the bearings were worn. And they left a paper with me saying the bearings are worn, they need to be replaced. But when I got contacted by the home warranty company, I was told that the bearings are worn due to overloading. Therefore, that's misuse yeah, of my Yeah, I know. Machine. I know. Jeff, they always do that. Here's the problem with home warranty companies is there's always an excuse not to repair. I'm surprised they didn't say wear and tear. Just straight out wear yeah. and tear, which is probably exempted. I'm sure it's exempted from the uh, policy. So, uh, well, the, and how old is the machine? The machine is probably 15 years old or 12 years old. Jeff, like why don't you just buy a new one? Well, do I have any recourse? Probably with not. Or? Probably not, because they're going to, they're, they're, what are you going to do? Are you going to sue them? Uh, how much is the repair going to cost, Jeff? How much realistically is the repair going to cost? Uh, four or 500 bucks, probably. Why? Why? <sighs> Buy a new one, Jeff. I mean, you're going to go to court. You're going to lose in court. They're going to say uh, bearings overloaded. Uh, they're, and you're going to say, no, that's not true. And it's uh, it, it, the judge may. Here's the problem. If the ju- if I were the judge, I'd turn to you and go, you know what, Jeff, you lose. Go get a new one. Okay. All and right. That- I mean, that's what I would do. But uh, then again, you can always try because you can play with the courts and just get in front of a judge who may have been pissed off at a uh, washer dryer company for all I know. I had a washer, brand new washer dryer that uh, we had bought. And I I, I refuse to uh, mention any names because that's not fair, Samsung. And the problem was that in the dryer part, the sheets would all bundle together. 
And the middle of that bundle, you couldn't get dry. And we got into them forever, and they go, well, there's nothing wrong with the machine. Nothing's broken. That's correct. It's a design defect. Try to talk to a manufacturer of a major appliance, a company that big, and start talking design defect and see how long you can it, it goes. Took us a year. We finally got it. It took us a full year. And it was, uh, I, I'm, I'm even shocked that it, uh, that it was. And I think what happened is we uh, threatened to take in the small claims court. And they go, well, you know, people have done it before. And then I said, well, how about we talk about it at 8 o'clock in the morning uh, here on uh, KFI where I work. And, you know, did I take advantage of it? Yeah, I, I did. But uh, I think they've redone the, uh, the machine since then. But it's almost impossible. Uh, I tell you this all the time when people, uh, when you call up and you're screaming defect. Are you really going to go against a major manufacturer that will spend unlimited amounts of money? One thing we were not going to do, realistically, I wasn't going to sue them. Small claims is one thing. You know, nobody cares. But if you're filing a lawsuit, lawsuit. And here's what they do when they, uh, uh, there's a little trick they do, which is really sweet. And that is as soon as you file in small claims court, they immediately file a motion to kick it up to superior court, which you can do. And now it's lawyers talking. And now they'll start taking depositions and they're going to paper you to death. And it's almost impossible. Uh, We were very, very lucky. And then we ended up getting uh, an LG machine, which is even worse. Actually, that's not true. We're we're pretty happy with our machine. Okay. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM640. We're stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome back. And welcome back to Handel on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Uh, Mary. Hello, Mary. Hi. Yes. What What is the formality I should do? I gave my divorce attorney $1,000 on June 1st of 2015 to take my ex-husband back to court because he was in violation of uh, spousal support. Not All right, paying so, you, so you gave uh, him, so we're talking, uh, what, uh, two and a half years ago? Do I have that right? Or a um, year? That's correct. Two and a half that's years correct. ago, you gave your lawyer $1,000 to do legal work in a, a divorce? A year and a half. Okay, a year, year and, and a half, half ago. Good, I, I'm great with math. And nothing has been done since then? One email that he sent me okay. this past November. That's easy. That's easy. Uh, okay. And nothing's been done. First of all, you asked, no. for, your, first of all, you asked for your $1,000 back. That's the first thing. And say, uh, if you don't give me my $1,000 back, two things are going to happen. Number one, I'm going to sue you in small claims court. Number two, I am going to report you to the state bar for abandoning me as a client. Uh, and you're going to do both. And uh, that's and you let them know. And you put it in an email in no uncertain terms. Then you hire another attorney, Mary, like right now. Okay. At some point when your attorney isn't talking to you for a year and a half for a, in the middle of a divorce, there's a problem with that attorney. Okay. Okay. Actually, 
Uh, and this isn't in the middle of the divorce. The divorce is final. So, my, okay. So, my ex-husband is in violation of... All right, but it doesn't matter. I, I don't okay, care. Okay. I don't care. Whatever legal uh, proceedings that you've hired okay. him or her to do, they can't wait a year and a half. Okay. Just, okay, okay. that's fine. Just get a new... You can go to handleonthelaw.com, and uh, we have divorce attorneys up, up the yin-yang. I don't even know where the yin-yang is. Hey, Austin, uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Okay, so before you roast me, I'm just going to tell you the offense right off the bat. I got a public urination ticket. Fabulous. That, that's a, re- that is a great way to start this conversation. You've already, oh, got, yeah. you've already got my attention. Oh, I know. I know how to get it. And okay. uh, so I received an administrative citation for that. But one of my upstanding roommates in another city did the same thing, but his was a criminal citation or a, a misdemeanor or an infraction. I don't remember which, but either way, he was able to go to court and get it lowered. And with an administrative, they don't send me to court, so I'm wondering if there's any way for me to get it lowered. To what? Like, get the um, payment lowered. Get the Oh, how much, are, how much are they asking for in the terms of the fine? They're asking $350. $350. First of all, I don't even know how a you've been peeing in public can be a civil offense. That That's one I don't understand. Uh, so uh, you, you can't even get into court on that, I'm assuming. Well, if it's administrative, you have the right to appeal it. And I, so, I did it. I, it happened. I, I can't argue that. No, no, you have a radio. I'm not arguing that. You appeal it anyway just and get in front of a, an administrative judge to ask for the amount of uh, a fine to be lowered unless it's statutory. Where the administrative judge says, "Hey, that's the law, man. I have, uh, I, I, I have no ability. Uh, I, I don't have the power to lower it or even raise it. So you have to okay. find that out. Uh, which, uh, uh, which city uh, nailed you, or what? Um, is it just the city? San, yes, San Luis Obispo. And it's the city's. It's a city administrative citation. Yes. Call Perfect. the call the city attorney. You know, I tried her actually because I. Uh, I've been able in the past to do community service for an administrative citation. What? Wait, 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 wait. What other administrative citations do you get? Do you make a habit of this? <laughs> noise violation. We live right next to campus and we're college students and uh, the neighborhood doesn't like it that much. Yeah. Why? You, why uh, where did you, you end up peeing on? What did you pee on? You know, it was actually downtown, and uh, my girlfriend informs me it was uh, on the side of a building in the alley right next to the bar. I gotta say, my memory's quite fuzzy. Wait a sec! Did anybody s- wait? Wait! Wait! Did anybody see it? Uh, the officer must have, because I woke up with the citation. You woke up in the alley with a citation? No, no, no! I made it. I made it home. I just didn't fully remember the events. Oh, uh, and where? And the citation was in at your door? No, it was downtown. No, no, the citation itself. How did you find the citation? Where was oh, in, where was in the, my pocket? It was in your pocket. Oh, that's fantastic. And you've already have you already appealed it? Uh, I didn't do the appeal because the appeal I I took to be either to like this appeal to get it to go completely away. Well, how do you but, like, first of all, how do you if you were so blown away that you could barely make it home, you don't remember any of it. How do you even remember that it happened? All because of the citation. Yeah, no, wait, 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 wait. So, P- Austin, just because somebody writes a citation, the cop would have had to see you and say, I observed this person doing it. D- d- does that have any of that on the paperwork? 
Not to the extent of All right, Austin, Austin, appeal the damn thing and say, uh, Your Honor, I don't think they call uh, administrative judges Your Honor. Uh, they call him Mr. Mr. Smith or whatever the hell their last name is. Matter of fact, call him Mr. Smith no matter what his name is. And uh, just say, hey, wait, he didn't even see it. I, man, I'd appeal that up and down. I'd appeal it all up and down. And if he says no, I'd pee right there in the courtroom. I'd let him know that. If, I, if I, I, the- yeah, I would, uh, I'd go for it. The appeal, not peeing in the courtroom. Uh, because that, uh, who needs that? That's, uh, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. This is Handle on the Law.